and hack. Hopefully welcome. I did a good job there, okay? I think so, absolutely. So welcome to the United States Department of Nerds, where we are for the people, by the people, and of the people. So here at USDM, we strive to bring you the best content we can find and where you know it comes with the USDN seal of approval. We always strive to give you factual data. If it's a rumor, we'll always say rumor alert. Not quite like that. Before giving you the freshest info. However, once those rumors are proven true or false, you can bet your money here at USDM will be slamming the stamp down and giving it the USDN seal of approval. And welcome back to the USDN podcast. So as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, Jen has come out of hiding before she goes back into hiding. I'm not hiding. You were hiding. No, I'm just playing, y'all. She's been working hard at getting resettled into her new home (laughs) state and unpacking and doing all that fun stuff, getting into her new job. I will let y'all know this, though. Tay is here, too. but She is my producer tonight, which is weird for me because normally I do all sides of everything. So, Tay in the back, I appreciate you coming out tonight and supporting us and doing the producing. So, with that being said, Jen, traditions are traditions. And here at USDN, this is no different. What are you drinking? Um... Booker's Bourbon, courtesy of my dearest friends, the love ladies, gave me a bottle of this. So I'm going to be drinking that tonight. Awesome. And I know Jen's and Tay's got a drink in the back. Don't know what she's drinking on, but I know she said she grabbed something stiff. Whew. So and EJ's probably having a shot downstairs of the house. It's Peach Crown. Oof. Nice. Oof. Good Lord. Good lord. I know. And I got what's left of my coffee after dinner. So I'm going (laughs) to shoot the rest of this and transfer over to the Agua de Limon. That's lemon water, (laughs) y'all. Cheers. Salute. Oh, yeah. Tonight, let's do it for the the wrap party of uh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Ah, It's good shit right there. So... On a very special ah. edition of USDN. You okay, Jen? Are you going to live? Keep All right, the she's fire living. away from me. We're going to be bringing y'all the episode eight breakdown and also a recap 
of the first seven episodes. And also, welcome back, everybody, to our normal channels here, as we are not behind the Patreon wall tonight. And we are extremely happy to be back with everybody tonight. Hopefully, everybody enjoys the show that we have for them. And uh, also, if you missed any of the previous episodes, you can still go back and watch those on Patreon. And but because we are the nicest, most awesomest people in the world, you can go over to Spotify, type in USDN. It'll pop us up. You'll see our beautiful, beautiful logos done by Gigi. And hit that like, follow button, and you can listen to them there as well. So, no excuses to not get your nerd on. Get your nerd on. Get your nerd on. Yes, Tay, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you may get your Apple, your podcast from. So on a very, I don't know, I already read that. Oof. I'm getting into it tonight, y'all. A lot of information tonight is going to be presented is our opinions and not that necessarily of Disney and Star Wars. Um, to prevent going down a bunch of rabbit holes, we made notes and we're going to be reading off our notes because we want to be able to give you everything, but also leave a little bit open for y'all to go out and do your research and read it as well. So there's comic books, there's books, there's graphic novels and lots of TV shows that you can go and watch. Oh yeah. There's video games too. Cause there's some elements of the video game within Ahsoka. Quite so there you have hodgepodge. it. Yep. There's a hodgepodge of everything there's located in Ahsoka. So with that being said, <laughs> the backstory of Ahsoka is after the fall of the Galactic Empire, former Jedi Knight Ahsoka Tano investigates an emerging threat to a ver vulnerable galaxy. Ugh, that's a mouthful. <laughs> and this takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So in the same time frame as the Mando universe. So. Jen. It's time for your favorite part of USDN. The part that was your idea. And that is the educational portion. Education, education. <clears throat> so I think we decided to kind of skip going over the characters. If you guys don't recognize anybody, please Google it. Look at IMDb. IMDb is your friend. IMDb, um, I'm a huge IMDb nerd. However, if you do want to hear us break down the characters, you can go listen to episodes one through four, I think, is posted right now on Spotify. I'll get five, six, and seven up later this week. And, yeah, or you can go listen to it over at Patreon, at Patreon at DFPN or something like that. So, the educational portion of this show, we're going to talk about the Mortis Gods. Or just simply the ones. They were a powerful family of force wielders that resided on the planet Mortis. They consisted of the son, who aligned with the dark side. The daughter, who aligned with the light side of the force. And the father, who represented the balance of the force. Both the son and the daughter were immortal so long as the father remained alive. 
if um, you watched Rebels, even though this we first are introduced to the Mortis guys in the Clone Wars, but in Rebels, the family was depicted in a painting in the Lethal Jedi Temple, which served as a portal to the world between worlds, believe it or not, which also plays an important part in Ahsoka. Um, they are also depicted as sculptures on the extragalactic planet of Peridia, which Ahsoka will later take place on, carved into the face of a rocky mountain overlooking a valley towards a starry peak. Which I got a feeling that starry peak might take place. We might get something about that in season two of Ahsoka. I have a feeling. I have a feeling we will. So, <clears throat> with that said, I I do want to point out though when you see. Balin's skull standing on the father. It looks like the father is pointing. He is pointing to that starry peak. He's pointing to that starry peak. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. I got a feeling we may get that in season two. We may Mm -hmm. get that in a different season of something else, perhaps. We don't know yet. We'll see what Dave Filoni has in... uh, in store for our futures. With that being said, you want to dive into part one, Master and Apprentice? So. <clears throat> or do you want to ask me a question about the Mortis Gods? Well, the Mortis Gods, if no one went back and did any research, so the, the daughter is dead. They are so all dead. The when you look at the statue, you can see that the head of the daughter is not there. They are all dead. I do want to point that out. Mm-hmm. None of them are currently alive. Okay. Uh, Anakin. Spoiler: If you haven't watched the Clone Wars, Anakin killed the son and pierced through the father as well in order to so his evil would not spread. So, so, and then the daughter gave what was left of her life in order to save Ahsoka Tano in the Clone Wars. Right. So, do they do they ever talk about why... You remember how they don't really talk about it in the movies, but how they always keep telling Anakin, you were the chosen one, you were the chosen one. So, I will say this in regards to that. The father believed Anakin was the chosen one and could bring balance to his son and daughter. That is why the father brought um, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka into Mortis. So I read that the father's goal was for Anakin to, to replace him. To replace him. And then Anakin didn't want to. He made the decision not to. That's correct. Yes. And then that's why <clears throat> I think Obi-Wan was upset about all of this because he wanted Anakin to do it. Because obviously it's like a huge honor. I mean, come on. Be the father, be the balance he, of the he force. He did say, Anakin, it is your decision. And Anakin made this decision because at the time it was the right parent decision for statement. him to make, of course. That's a parent statement. I support you, really. You're like, do it! And he didn't do it. It is what it is. At the end of the day, uh, I, I was. It was a three-part episode. 
are three episode story arc that happened within the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. It was probably one of the better. Like I liked it, even though it was really outside of the Clone Wars. It was just kind of like Dave put something in there for him to call back into later. It seemed like you know what I'm saying, right? But still, I enjoyed it. But I enjoyed the Clone Wars. I thought it was like a cool little something different in the middle of everything else that was happening within the Clone Wars at that time. Right. So, but that's me. But <clears throat> how about Tay? Does Tay have any questions on the Mortis Gods or AD? I know he's watching. There's a lot of people watching. Cool. No? All right. Then we'll hop on into part one. Master and Apprentice, a valuable prisoner escapes the New Republic custody. A search for answers reunites two old friends. That is the synopsis for this episode. Um, so, Jen, you have my notes. What? Which one would you like to hit first while we recap this episode? Um. So... Just, I think, them kind of going over Ahsoka solving this really Not necessarily complex omnius. puzzle. Hmm? Uh, I was answering the question of the omnius. Oh, with like two friends being... Yeah, I mean, sometimes that can have like negative connotations to it. I get that. But, um... So, the, um... The secret chamber that Ahsoka goes into and completes this like complicated puzzle, and then we find out later it's a map. Yep. Of of another galaxy, which is supposedly where you know Thrawn was, which we didn't know it at the time. That's um, correct. I thought that was interesting, kind of showing that you know she's smart. It's also um, a callback to the um, the video games, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool because all the video games had some type of puzzle. Like that. Well, not all of them, but the ones surrounding uh, Cal Kestis. And she is very hella badass. Right. And, you know, we hadn't, we, the only times we had really seen Ahsoka was in the uh, parts of uh, Boba Fett. Uh, Boba Fett, Mando. Yeah, and a little and... bit of the, um, the Mandalorian, too. Yep. Which was kind of cool to see her fighting. Because um, I'm, I am a fan of Rosario Dawson. She's oh, I'm a huge fan. Going back to Clerts, great. Yeah, like I thought it was great seeing her. Like you can definitely tell that she trained. Like she took this um, job seriously. She didn't yep. just, you know, just have like I'll do the acting. And you just do like you know the flippy stuff and the fighting stuff. Yeah. Like you can like tell, like Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal, sound for you to step your game up, bud. Yeah, well, he's, you know, he gave us Mandalorian, and now he's doing um, so this other show. Pedro but. Pascal only loaned the voice to technically. He, mm-hmm. when he, the helmet was on, it was normally somebody else. In the second season. Yes. Second season. Yeah, in the second season. The first season was him. But yeah, still. I'll take pa- Pedro Pascal any day. That's my homie. There's a lot of ladies I agree with you. And I don't mean it in a uh, that connotation. 
<laughs> you dropped that, Jen. I put that rug out for you to walk on. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. No problem. Thanks. Anyhow. <laughs> so, anyways, so one of my favorite ones from this is when during the escape led by Balin, that ship is Home One, which was Admiral Akbar's command ship from Returning the Jedi. The trap. Yep. In the hallway fight scene in that episode is a homage to Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So I always thought that was kind of cool. Uh, we also find out in this episode that Morgan Elspeth, who was captured in Ahsoka season, I'm not Ahsoka, but uh, Mandalorian season two, is a night sister from Dathomir. And her mission is to find Grand Admiral Thrawn. So there's a lot of cool things in here. Um, we find out that Ahsoka's ship is called the Fulcrum, which Ahsoka created Fulcrum, which is a... Um, uh, undercover secret agent type of deal within the rebels they're like the uber like cia types of the rebels and one of the more famous one of those is um cassie and andor from andor the tv show mm -hmm. yes morgan elsbeth is the lady on the bad side she is a night sister she looks like cherry o'terry cherry o'terry yes now i can't unsee that but i will see this she is the goddaughter of Bruce Lee. Her dad trained with Bruce Lee. It was also a stunt double for Bruce Lee. So that is pretty freaking cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um so what else do I want to hit on on here? Um so this episode reconnects Ahsoka um Hera mm -hmm. and eventually Sabine who is a Mandalorian Sabine Wren and we find out that Sabine had been an apprentice under Ahsoka training to be a Jedi even though at the time yes Tay big booty Hera the plot thickens does So that's kind of cool. And the map that Sabine is, she is able to solve the map, but it is taken by Balin Skull's uh, apprentice, Shin Hati. And we see, of course, Sabine gets stabby with the lightsaber, and everybody was mad. Did anybody else think Shin was cross eyed at times? Kind of drove me nuts. No, I didn't really look at her that close. At least her I face. I did. Oh, I did. When I looked at her sometimes, she's like, she kind of like looked at her master like this. And I was like. Now, she did cross-eye cross uh, oh. a few times. Like, I don't know if that was like her intentionally like kind of questioning. Like, girl, I'm sorry. I hope if, if you watch this, like, I mean, I mean, no <laughs> offense. Feel bad. I don't make people feel bad, but sometimes, like, you know, like they would pander her and she'd like look at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn it. Now I'll never unsee that. It's okay. I'm here. I'm always here for you. Kelvin in the comments. Hera, aka <laughs> Becky with the green hair. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Yes, indeed, my friend. Um. 
What the Dark Sisters though, they don't just primarily use the force. Wasn't there no. something about when they were in Parado, um, they also use like the for the like energy of the planet? So let me talk about something Dathomir, like that. Dathomir is covered in uh the force, it's strong in the force. They derive their power from the dark side. However, yeah, they themselves is anywhere near Dathomir. Peridia, Dathomir. No. Yeah, so gonna, that's what I mean. Don't they pull that energy from Peridia too? Selves. Peridia, yes. Yeah. We're just slightly ahead of ourselves on that. Let's wait till it we actually land in head. Peridia. When we're in Peridia, we'll discuss that. But right now, we're not in Peridia. Right now, we're still on Lethal. Um, but yes. The Night Sisters actually have to steal the Force. Mm-hmm. So... In order to use the force. They're force thieves. And there's an no episode of. Um, I think Clone Wars. That depicts how they get their force. Like ha, Got your force. Well they literally pull it from Jedi. That's or rude. Sith. They will like pull it out of their body. That's rude. Yep. That's gross. Oh that's one of the best scenes in that entire <sighs> movie. Rogue One is such a good movie. <sighs> okay. You good? You didn't like Rogue One? No, pulling the Force out of the Sith, I'm like, Ugh. oh yeah. <laughs> but that's how they got it. Like they would literally held they held a like a witch ceremony where they tied them. The moon had to be right. All these planets had to align. Of course. And then they would literally extract the Force out of a living being. So yeah. Let's see here. I think that I think that's good. Actually, you know, we can hit the fact that Jason Sindula, the the son from Kane and Jarus and uh, Hera, did make an appearance in this um, episode um, mm -hmm. with. Hera being a Twi'lek, she is one of the few alien species that can actually interbreed with the human species. Hence, how we have Jason Sindula, which Jason is a callback to, I believe, Han and Leia's children in the book. Right. Her, their oldest son was named Jason. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool that they did that. And... Yeah. um the reason why Jason Sindula looks the way he does, only the tops of his ears and his hair have that green tint to them, like his mother. So there's that. At least he's got a little green in there. Yeah, that's how it works. I don't... Hey. Kanan, he had good <laughs> taste, is all I'm saying. Yes, they have other kids beside Ben. Solo, a.k.a. whatever, Ren. Yeah. The Kyra. movies are not the the most uh, accurate to the extended universe and the Disney universe. It's all interwoven. It, yeah. J.J. Abrams missed a few. Yeah, there's a, <clears throat> there's a big rabbit hole there that we can dive into. And we would be sitting Rob on fire right now if he was here with us. <laughs> so let's not do that. Um, yeah, Kylo. That's his name, Kylo Ren. Kylo. Yeah. 
So let's jump down to part two. How, how, how about it? Toil and trouble. In this episode, we see Ahsoka and General Hera Syndulla. She is a general within the Republic military. Travel to the New Republic shipyards and make an unexpected discovery. And uh, what do you think that discovery was? Hmm. Remnants of the Old Republic. That's what they find. People Reduce, who are... Recycle. <clears throat> well, they are recycling, technically. I mean, technically. They're recycling. Yes. yes, the plot does stick in more because that meme is forever ingrained into everybody's head. Of her sitting there on that little space wagon thing going through the factory. So, yes. Yes, it is. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba, I don't want to care. The New Republic shipyard where they find the old Imperial ships and they're making New Republic ships from the scraps to include droids. Hence why they've seen the assassin droids in the end episode one. And see, they discover that the shipyard there in Corellia. Ooh, who's from famously from Corellia? Come on. He, he made that jump in 12 parsets in the Millennium Falcon. Nobody knows. Han? I know. Han made that jump. I know it's Han. So that is where he is from. This shipyard is on his home planet. Oh, Han. Yep. So... Which it, it was cool. I really enjoyed that scene. Like they they did a really good job of capturing that. But so they find out that there are remnants of the old Imperial still around, and they're there, and they're making big engines for something. Something. Yep, for something that we will get into. I think in episode three. Yes. For a. Uh... Flying donut. Yes, it's a giant fly, fly and donut with really giant big engines. Yes. Engines that are not that are bigger than anything in the current Republic fleet. Mm -hmm. So they do get attacked by these remnants of the old Imperials, and thankfully, you know, they they survive. Ahsoka takes them out. Hera takes out a couple, and. What is currently going on is the groundwork for the First Order is being laid at this facility. Of course, the First Order is what shows up in the Ray Trilogy. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of like the, the beginnings of that. Dildo Gaggins made his way back. Hmm. Um, I do like the fact that it does come in handy having a general as a friend because in this particular episode, you can see that um, Hera comes in and I don't really feel like she has to throw her weight around a lot because she's a general, but you can definitely see like the sort of power that mm -hmm. she has, but she uses it skillfully, I think. Very, she's very tactful. With the she way she handles is. her business. She does. And I 
really like that about that character. One of my favorite like scenes is when they're at the factory, mm-hmm. and the guy was like, "You don't have clearance for this," and, he, and she's like, "Dude, I'm a fucking general <laughs> in the New Republic. <laughs> I yeah. think I got clearance to see what's going on here." I made the. He's like, "You don't have clearance." like the queen of england i don't need a passport i sign your passport exactly it was like that (laughs) so i thought that was cool and see what else happens in this episode Ooh, sabine's mandalorian armor we see it for the first time i i think in this episode you finally stop seeing ahsoka and sabine squabble because I don't know about anybody else, but if that was going to be like the tone of the series, it would have lost me completely because I don't want to see Ahsoka and Sabine squabble the whole they, first season. It, it, it took more than this episode to, for those two to. It, yeah, get... but she they she finally is like started like listening to Ahsoka and they started kind of coming to terms to each other. I know it took the whole season, but it wasn't just like an outward like. There was a resentment and there. A mo- I mean, animosity towards each other. Like, I'm yes. glad they, they got past that and we could kind of get on with the story. It wasn't like this side story, like, oh, Ahsoka and Sabine. I would have been like, yeah, I'm not watching. Yeah, it. she didn't come I off as a spoiled that. teenager the entire time, which was great. Yeah, I would have gotten over that. And really also quick. in this episode, we see Maroc, who everybody thought was going to be, uh, although his name was a callback to uh, Starkiller. Yeah. Galen Merrick, aka Maroc, in this, and we see Ahsoka's first battle outside of her killing the battle droid, which was really cool. And Maroc is being sold as a inquisitor now bounty bounty hunter, mm-hmm. and they have a really good battle. And then we see um, the big engine donut escape. Essentially, the engine donut leaves. Yep. So that's the big takeaways, I think, from part two. Anybody have any questions on it? I'm here to answer questions. I like questions. I like to put my big brain to work. No? All right. Part three. Time to fly. In this episode, Hera tangles with New Republic politics while Ahsoka and Sabine voyage to a distant planet. So we're not quite getting to Peridia yet, but this is kind of like the halfway point for them before they make the big jump. So this episode is where we finally get that classic Star Wars feeling. We mm-hmm. get We get some spaceship battles we get some gunfights we get some laser sword battles you like what i'm doing there calling them everything but what they're actually called yes the pew 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 and so i really like this episode this episode's when it finally everything starts to each episode took it up a notch as we went throughout this entire series i felt but um, there was a lot of callbacks, like a lot of callbacks mm-hmm. in this episode from Sabine's training with the, the lightsaber 
is a nod back to A New Hope Mm -hmm. and Ahsoka drawing on teachings of Master Yoda and about the dangers of frustration and anger. And one of my favorite quotes from Master Yoda to Anakin in The Phantom Menace is, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And we literally watched Anakin go through every fucking single one of those on his pathway to being Here's Vader. A drug. It is, apparently. Apparently. Give me emotion. I know. Tap it right there. And then, so, we see, I'm going to skip that one, space battles that combined elements from the original and prequel trilogies. And honestly, this is probably one of the best dogfights from this series from any TV series for Star Wars. That's my opinion. And like assholes, everybody's got one. Mm -hmm. I'm entitled to mine. But that's mine. Um, Yep, already spoke about Jason. Yep, already said he's a nod to Jason Solo. The oldest son of Han and Leia. Yep, got that. Ah, here's a good one. Mon Mothma. If you watched uh, Rebels... If you watched Clone Wars, if you watched Andor, she at the time was a senator, but now in the Mandoverse, no, Tay, they're not called dogfights. They're called space laser battles now. Okay. (laughs) But um, she's now Chancellor. Which means she's in charge of the entire leader of the new republic. No, no uh, pressure there. Yeah, no pressure at all. No pressure. You're in charge. And of then of um, we have Senator Giano, who is the politicians at odds with Hera about what to do about Grand Admiral Thrawn's possible return. And it's all you know. We're destined to repeat the same mistakes if you don't listen. Blah blah blah. Um. See what else? And also, I kind of felt like Senator Giziano was a possible First Order cohort. Like he's in bed with the bad guys. You know what I'm saying? Because he's mm-hmm. the main antagonist, it feels like, when it comes to the politics on this side of it. And also, a really cool point about him he is the father of Kazuda Giano. The main character in Star Wars Resistance, the animated series, mm. which was kind of cool. That was cool. Um, I don't want to touch that stuff. Um, uh, no, I don't want to touch that. Uh, we see. Ah, here we go. The EVA suits that she wore in this episode, her spacesuit. The mm-hmm. cool blue spoots. So they're, they're, they were specifically designed for Ahsoka's the TV series. And um, we see her do something very similar to what she did in this episode with the cool little spacewalk and lasers. Like, and dodging them and reflecting them with her lightsabers. She did something very similar to that in uh, the Clone Wars. And the suit, the EVA suits, are a nod to Doctor Who. The, spacesuit, the orange spacesuits in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So something for Tay in the back there. It's, you know what blows me away? The first time she walked out into like the wing of her ship and she's just like, I'm just going to fight these bitches in the wing. And then she bull- pulls out her dueling lightsabers and just say pew, 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 pew. I'm like, 
She's crazy. My God, look at this woman. She's out there on the wing of her ship, like, like blocking lasers and everything. And I'm like, yep. Like, is this really happening? I'm like, damn, damn, Ahsoka, damn. That was cool. Like oh, Britney yeah. with knives. Yes. No, no. Only she didn't wear a bikini. No? And no. oh, by the way, those knives were fake. They were bought at a prop shop. Okay. According to Britney. She was Brittany copying bitch. Shakira. Yeah, she was. She she even said that. She even said, like, I'm one of my favorite artists is Shakira. And I was just imitating her. I follow her on the gram, okay? For reasons. Mm. Who, Shakira uh, or Brittany? Both? Come on. You don't? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm openly judging you right now. Just so you know. And this is different from any other day of the week, Jen. It's not. Okay. Back to what we're doing. We also see A-Wing fighters, which were the original Blue Squadron, fly alongside Hera's New Republic fleet. Mm -hmm. These first appeared in Return of the Jedi against the Battle of Endor, which is pretty cool, too. You have to follow both. Thank you, Kelvin, for having my back on this. Shh, Kelvin. Shh. Cake day all not. day. Cake day not. all day. Oh my gosh. All right. So that's all I got on part three. If it, Does anybody else out there watching have anything on part three they would like to ask? Now is what the time to the do purgles? so. Oh. Talk about the purgles? Yeah, let's talk about purgles. So purgles are well-squid creatures that can travel through space at light speed. And they can travel to distant star systems or galaxies. And these are the reason why Ezra and Thrawn are currently missing, because Ezra used Purgles at the Battle of Lethal to take himself and Thrawn to a galaxy far, 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 far away. Did I mention it was far, 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 far away? How far? Far, far. Far, oh, far. Okay. Yeah. Far, far. Okay. Very far. That's a lot of fars. That's a lot of fars. <clears throat> so, yeah. I'm going to turn to a fart. We're good. Oh, no, no, no. Let's not do that. I don't trust those anyway. Never trust a far. Never. Never. Killy with streak. Mm -hmm. Lead the turtle heads. We'll Yay. talk about turtles later. Turtle, turtle. All right. So let's hit part four. You want to hit part four where we talk about a fallen Jedi? <clears throat> and Hera risks her career to help her friends while Ahsoka and Sabine confront the enemies. The let's talk enemies. about that. Yeah. So this episode, once again, had that classic Star Wars feel. The planet was really pretty. It really was like it was all the red leaves and everything. It was really pretty. Yeah. I just want to point that out. The girl in me was like, "That's so pretty." Not my enemies, Tay. You don't have no enemies. She does. She does have enemies, but they're all in her head. I keep telling her. <laughs> but so we get duels. We get gunfights. We even see Hu Yang throw down with an assassin droid, and he held his own for about. A minute before the assassin droid, this guy, mess him up. 
did not mess him up, but he subdued him. I know who he's like the nicest guy. You just got to get to know him. I mean, the guy's 25,000 years old. Cut him some slack and some WD 40. All right. I was going to say, it needs a little oil. But so in this one, Hera goes rogue, disobeying orders, and hopping into the ghost, which is very Hera thing to do. <laughs> like, that's kind of what she does. Once a rebel, always a rebel. Yep. And what was cool is when she goes into the ghost to uh, fly out to her friends, there is, if you watch, if you pause it just right, there is a picture of Kanan Jarrus, her lover, on the dashboard of the ghost. Her boo Which is cool. Her boo. Her, her baby boo. daddy. The guy who saved her life knowing she was pregnant at the time. Can we just give a shout out to the force? That right before he died, gave him his his eyes gave him back. his sight back, yeah. so he could see Hera. Can we give a yep. shout? Get this man. Let me tell you, he went down in a blaze of glory. Now he did it to protect his friends. If you guys have never seen this, and right before he dies, he's trying to hold the flames back, and he's throwing Hera back, and you can see it. It cuts to his eyes, and his eyes were kind of like the force gave him his eyesight body. back, so he gave could see back. Hera one last time before one it consumed him. Time. And I was just like, Whoo! I cried like a little girl. He's awesome. Not even gonna lie to nobody. I mean, that he, scene had me in the feels. When I when I say people are one of the greatest Jedi Force users, he's one of them. Just amazing. Just amazing. He saw that booty. Saw that booty I would too. <laughs> Dude, that's a lot of cake, man. How are you obsessed with your booty, man? Damn. <laughs> yeah. Just like Rosario Dawson. Like I've been a fan of Rosario since, like I said, way back in the day. Mm -hmm. When she was in that one movie, Kids. Mm -hmm. That was her first movie. It was her first movie, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> But anyways, let's press. Mm -hmm. I agree, Brian. Ah, here, here's one of my favorite ones from this episode. Mm -hmm. So she isn't alone as she leaves the fleet. Within this, she we get the New Republic iconic at Swings, a.k.a. the Blue Squadron accompanying her, led by no other than Captain Carson Tiva. And as they hit hyperspace, she says, what? Once a rebel, always a rebel. And always. that hit me in the feels too because that was like, that's what's up. Gately. <laughs> and Carson Tiva, of course, he's in Mandalorian. He's in the original Star Wars as well. Mm -hmm. And he, he, like anytime he shows up in a Star Wars show, you know it's going to be good. <laughs> Who looks like me with the beard? Captain Carson Tiva? No, we don't. <laughs> He's Korean. I'm American. What are you on about in the back there, Tay? Come on. All right, anyways. So Phoenix Squadron flew alongside the crew of the Ghost and Star Wars Rebels. As they depart home one, Carson reveals Phoenix leader to be none other than who? 
Hera. Hera was the leader of the ghost crew, which we all knew. Or Phoenix leader, actually. Phoenix leader goes back. It's a callback to uh, some other stuff. But we're not going to get into all that rabbit holes. Um, but in this episode, like I said, we get some duels, some gunfights. Of course, uh, Sabine fights Shin again. Gets her ass kicked until she pulls out some Mando tricks. Um... We see Ahsoka turn Maroc into green mist, which was cool, which led us to know that Maroc wasn't actually a human, but dark sister magic or night sister magic. So that was kind of cool to see that when she, Ahsoka murked his ass. And also that battle, that duel between Ahsoka and Maroc ends the same way as Obi-Wan versus Maul in the Rebels episode called Twin Sons. Which mm. is really cool. So, so lots of callbacks throughout this entire series to all the different Star Wars. Um, let's see. Ah, so at this time, the uh, what's it called? What's the name of that ship? Damn, I'm brain farting. The donut is calculating to jump into hyperspace. We'll it call is. it the fucking donut. Because I can't think of the fucking name of it right now. The ISION. Shit. For the love of me, I couldn't think of that. Damn. The ISION? Yeah. I think I'm being charged a dollar every time I say a four-letter word. Yeah. So anyways, they're trying to do the calculations to make the jump into hyperspace, which is what the map is for. Uh, that's the whole reason they're on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Kelvin and um, so a battle takes place and we see Ahsoka fighting Balin for the first time and Balin gives her the fucking dirt man like he whooped that ass for her it's true And I got to check in with our special guest to see if he's going to be able to make it while we continue talking about this. But. And then the best part. What's the best part? You're getting to the best part. Keep going. Am I Keep getting going. to the best part? I'm about to squeal like a little girl. Keep going okay. to the best part. Um, best part of the whole fucking series. Get to the best part. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Are you talking about when Shin force chotes? No. Sabine? Or when no. Balin throws Ahsoka off the fucking mountain? Keep going. Uh, when um, they get the calculations nope. and race to the ship? Nope. Keep going. I mean, well, I mean, they, they do, like, Balin uses the force thingy on Sabine to mind trick her into going with them and to giving them back the map. They finish the calculations. Once the calculations are set, they get to the ship and they race up to the Eye of Sion. The Eye of Sauron. Yes. And. 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 
So, at the end of this episode, we hear a very distinctive theme playing. And it is none other than Darth Vader's theme. <laughs> but um so hey Christensen sorry you okay I, I, I think the, the special guest is ready oh hang on um, okay. <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> Lord Vader, I, I, mean, I was doing my best to get you on. <sighs> it was foretold I would be here. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest tonight is none other than Ahsoka's master, the Dark Lord himself, Darth Vader. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody, I need you to put your hands together. Give thanks to the Dark Lord so he doesn't choke me again. And welcome him to USDN, please. Thank you. I find, I find your lack of faith disturbed. I, I was doing what I could for you, Dark Lord. So, Darth Vader, while you're here... Would you like to talk about episode five and what happened there with Ahsoka and you kind of having to, you know, teach her a lesson and, and get her on the right path again? I will say this. Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed it. But then I came back because Ahsoka was about to be destroyed. I gave her a simple choice. Live or die. My episode was the best episode on Ahsoka. Hands down. Darth Vader, we, totally nobody here at USDM will argue that. That episode five was the best episode. Absolutely. Hands down. Are you saying that the Emperor will show you mercy. Lord Vader, I appreciate your mercy. So, while I have you here, Darth Vader, are, were you proud to see Ahsoka make the correct decisions and go down the path that you picked out for her? I felt a lot of anger from Ahsoka. I mean, to question the choices that I made as Anakin Skywalker. How dare she? I was not impressed. Very foolish of her. Very I foolish. I was not impressed with Ahsoka Tano. No, I was not. Ahsoka made the wrong choice. Ahsoka should have learned what it's like to feel the true power of the dark side. She chose to live. She chose the Jedi way. And she will pay for it. Um, Lord Vader, if I may, there is an individual in chat currently saying that he wants <clears> to <throat> tell you that you were not the best Jedi ever. 
I, for one, disagree with him. I will agree that Anakin Skywalker was weak. I, Lord Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, am the number one Jedi. I am inclined to agree with you, Darth Vader. Hands down. <clears throat> Just don't choke me again. That that hurt. So, Lord Vader, how is it um, in the world between worlds trying to go back into Ahsoka's past and try to teach her her lessons so she could become Ahsoka the White? I believe that Ahsoka had a lot of issues that she had not yet gotten over. One of those issues was, could she have saved Anakin Skywalker from turning to the dark side? Was she responsible for what happened to the clone troopers? Those were things that she needed to work out, and she worked those things out. Mm -hmm. But how dare she blame me for what happened to Anakin Skywalker? It was Padme who made the choice to sleep with Obi-Wan. It was Padme who turned her back on me. Oh, shit. Uh, Lord you Vader, do remember I, uh, I was not aware of, of the those. Sith. You do remember in Revenge of the Sith. Yes, as yes, Anakin yes. Skywalker was sitting on the couch. He says, was Obi-Wan here? Yes, he was here. After he got done banging her. <laughs> That's a revelations to us, Lord Vader. That is definitely a revelation to us. Because I thought y'all were exclusive. I thought Padme and you, I mean, you exchanged droids. I mean, I, mean I, know, I know Sand is coarse and all, but I'm pretty sure you laid the foundation for Luke and Leia out there in that field. I have no idea if those children are mine or not. <laughs> They look like you. I mean, they do. A little bit. Just don't choke me. But no, the world between worlds, excellent. The entire episode of the flashback, the live action Clone Wars, excellent. I give Dave Filoni props for that. Other than that, you suck. Lord Vader, I got to ask you, though. All the fans really enjoyed seeing the live-action Captain Rhett's. How did it feel for you seeing Captain Rhett's one more time as Anakin? I have no comments on people who have turned their backs on me. He Very was well. an asshole. Captain Rhett's was an <laughs> asshole, y'all. You heard it here first. Darth Vader is dropping him. <clears throat> this is all news to us. You heard it here first at USDN. I, would you like for them to actually make a live action Clone Wars? Because I know that's something that a lot of the fans have asked for. I know they didn't quite show a lot in Ahsoka's flashbacks, but I think there's something maybe people would like to see this doesn't quite show it all in the Clone Wars series. I think that's the only thing Filoni is good at. Is writing the Clone Wars because obviously he couldn't write a successful television show. If he could carry it out himself, we wouldn't have sat here and sat through all this crap. Now, let's be honest <laughs> about it here, and that's what we do here 
on this show. Bottom line, episode five was here. All the rest that followed was slow. I got out of it. You cannot top episode five, Anakin Skywalker. It was impossible. Nope. I agree. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with you, Lord Vader. I'm inclined for you to incline to agree. I will agree to inclinedly agree with you, Lord Vader. I think the image of you as Anakin and then there's flashes of Vader in the mist is probably going to go down, in my opinion, of one of like the greatest scenes in cinematic history, in my opinion. Like, I absolutely, absolutely I watch it all the time and I still get chills watching it. I think it's just amazing. What you don't know about that scene was I requested to wear my lovely suit. And they told me that due to the budget constraints currently at Disney, that I could not wear the suit. Oh, I think that's bullshit. That's terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah. It broke my heart not to appear in my suit, but just appear and flash it. How dare they disrespect the Dark Lord of the Sith? Well, maybe the set was hot. They didn't want you to overheat. Just like I mean, I think right your suit now. has AC, correct? I'm so. still suffering from the burns when that coward Obi-Wan left me to die. He did do that, didn't he? Bastard. I mean, you'll be How happy to no know he's no longer about, with us. How come no one talks about my show from last summer, Obi-Wan Kenobi? They want to, oh, I know why they don't talk about it, because they have some bitch named Reva trying to <laughs> take my glory. <laughs> I'm inclined to say that you took care of Reva. You, you tested her, and you destroyed, destroyed her. her. In a glorious way, I might add. I knew she was a youngling. She was a youngling that got away from you. She got away, and then I took care of her, because the Grand Inquisitor meant nothing. You did kill about 90% of the Grand Inquisitors. Yourself. I did. Now I must tell you, United States Department of Nerds, it is very hot. It is very hot in this fucking suit. So I'm going to check out if there's no other questions for Lord Vader. Uh, please, Lord Vader, uh, you know, retire to your back to tank and <laughs> by all means, stop by USD in any time. It's a very open door for you, Lord Vader. Well, I appreciate that. And Thank you, Lord uh, Vader. don't forget to uh, basically. Believe in yourself and believe in the dark side of the force. Thank they you. have cookies. Vader, before we let you go, can we get you to say like, subscribe, and follow USDN? <laughs> like, subscribe, and follow the USDN and the DFPN. Our Emperor Kelvin will take care of you personally. Lord Vader, thank you for your time. And we, like I said, you're welcome here at USDN anytime you want to stop by. Thank you very much. And don't forget to listen to the No Gimmicks podcast on the DFPN. There you have it, folks. Lord Vader. I told y'all I had a very special guest. He didn't have to fucking choke me. That kind of hurt. It's okay. But at the same time, Lord Vader came to visit USDN. He and y'all thought I was joking about having a very special guest related <laughs> to the season. Hello. I don't put yeah. out bullshit. I bring the realness. 
mean, the choke was unnecessary, but still. Well, you know, he has to have a grand entrance. He, I guess he did have to make a grand entrance. <laughs> but at my expense? God. So I shouldn't have wore the Rebels t-shirt. I probably should have worn my Lord Vader t-shirt. Maybe that would have been better. Yeah. I was wearing black, so I was safe. Yeah. It might have been what it was. <laughs> it was a very rare interview, EJ, and I'm surprised he contacted us. Well, to be fair, I was out on a break. My phone went off, and normally I don't answer those kinds of phone calls, but it said Lord Vader in the caller ID. So I answered. He's like, is this the USD and Jeffy Jeff? I'm like, hey, yeah, that's me. He's like, are you the producer of USDN? I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's me. He's like, I will make an appearance on your show later. Message me at this number. Okay, cool, dude. Hey, yeah. And then he force choked me through the phone earlier, too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how that's how it went down. Kind of. Kind of. So yeah, Ghost I, Vader. Yeah, he choked I, me twice. I didn't mean when I said about this episode, just having Anakin Skywalker slash Lord Vader in this episode was just absolutely amazing. So we got two redemption stories within episode five. We got Hayden Christensen coming back as Anakin and Lord Vader to get mm -hmm. his own personal redemption. And then we also see Vader slash Anakin getting his redemption story all at the same time within this one beautifully written episode. And Vader was right. This is probably hands down the best episode mm -hmm. of the entire series. I mean, we get Ahsoka the White. We get Anakin. We get Clone Wars. We get... Mm -hmm. um. Shit, what's that young lady's name? Um, give me a second. Because I, I, I really want to give the proper credit to her. And I may not have put her back on here. I didn't. Well, and then you recently had um, the guy that played Jar Jar Binks. He was in Obi-Wan. He's the one that right. got Grogu out of the, the temple. Right. So I kind of like what Star Wars is doing as far as like giving people redemption because Hayden Christensen caught a lot of flack back in the day when the that Star Wars trilogy came out <clears throat> and un unfortunately and so did that gentleman that played Jar Jar Binks. I mean that poor guy like contemplated suicide and it's terrible, but I'm glad that he uh. got his. Redemption. So I, I'm sorry. I had I, I really had to do this. Ariana Greenblatt played a young Ahsoka Tano in the Clone Wars flashbacks. She's also played uh, mm -hmm. what's her name from um, Thanos's daughter, the Green Girl, in that show too. Um. Anyways, beside the point. But I want to give proper credit to her because she nailed her rendition of a young Ahsoka as teenage mm -hmm. Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. And um, so mad props to her. I thought she did a fantastic job. So kudos. 
Yeah. But also <laughs> in episode five, we get um, Ahsoka the White. We get um, Mon Mothma returns. Mon Mothma telling, a, you know, basically for Hera to get her ass back. Um, let's see. Jason Sindula makes a reference, says Ezra was taken far, far away, i.e. meaning Peridia. And also the whale eats a spaceship, like the space slug in the Empire Strikes Back. And also, Carson Tiva references a Delphi base, which is where he's actually supposed to be stationed closer to where the Mandalorian is taking place. Right. And we get all that in part five. That, ladies and gentlemen, part five. If you don't want to watch the entire fucking season of Ahsoka, I get it. Go watch episode five at least. One hour in. Thanks, Tay. We are making actually a really good time. But before Lord Vader showed up and choked the shit out of me and gave us his input, I was going to talk about my second educational thing today. What's that? That is called the convor or convorees, plural. They are uh, Tradosian birds. They are a species of beautiful, regal, and elegant owls. Uh, they are native to the moon, Waska. It can be found in several places around the galaxy, including Atolan, Malachor, and Takodana. They have a strong connection both to the Force and Ahsoka Tano. The convoy that we see in Ahsoka, his name is Moray. And they had a, he has a spiritual, or she, I don't know what the owl is. They have a spiritual connection with the daughter from the ones, or the Mortis Gods. And after her death, it has, has become a known companion to Ahsoka. So anytime we, we watch Rebels, you watch the Clone Wars, it, yes, in, Man, in the, the Mandalorian, it shows up. So this bird shows up when it basically it to give Ahsoka like to let her know that I guess like hey you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But the owl, this owl, the white and green owl that we see mm -hmm. did belong to the daughter of the Mortis gods. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of fucking cool. And also cool fact, Convor derives its name from Dave Filoni's wife, E. Ann Convery. So he named the bird after his wife. <laughs> that's so that's kind of cool. That's sweet. So, and that was my second educational tidbit of info today. Right. No, yeah. I, um, I, I, it's almost like if you think about it, the, the father, the daughter and the son actually kind of, follow a little bit somebody back me up here the um mythology of the three fates they do and then, actually and hey then, look who it is oh, it's ej y'all thank you he's a sweetheart thanks babe and then um because if you because they were called the morai and i wonder if that's why they call the owl um morai because that's what they call the three fates is the Morai. And they actually all three were, um, I can't remember what they, the three of them um, 
separately meant, but I know the three meant they were the ones that spun the loom of fate. Actually. (laughs) Yeah. We can actually jump into this now, because that's actually the three witches of Dathomir that we see on Peridia. They are the reference to the three fates from Greek mythology. Yep. But hey, part six called Far, Far Away. Mm-hmm. And this is where the search for Grand Admiral Thrawn reaches beyond the limits of the galaxy. So I missed a lot of stuff on episode five, but Lord Vader kind of, you know, threw us off a little bit. And I'm still recovering from that choke, to be honest. I mean, it was a <laughs> pretty tight grip there. I don't know how he does it, but shit hurts. I don't recommend that shit to anybody. You need to practice getting choked. Yeah, I don't really. It's not really my thing. I'm not into it. Yeah, yeah. not really into it. Yeah. So this one opens up with the history of the galaxy, part one, two, and three. You know, and Ahsoka, of course. You know, with part one being the best, it's kind of a nod to the trilogies, and. Um, <clears throat> A galaxy far, far away is the iconic words that begin every Star Wars iteration from the beginning. So that's pretty cool. So if you actually kind of think about it, so when they arrive, which I think it's, I thought it was kind of neat that, um, neat, so to speak, that while they're traveling, if you go back to um, Mandalorian, how Grogu sees the perkles uh-huh. i know everybody's probably seen those tiktoks how you know he looks up and he sees the perkles it'd be kind of interesting if you know that was actually the one that ahsoka was on but <clears throat> there so has to you... be go ahead go ahead no go ahead you go ahead so there has to be something special about this galaxy and this planet if this is where the perkles come to die if this planet is surrounded as is their graveyard, you can almost kind of take, I think I'm picking up what Filoni's throwing down, that this is the beginning and the ending, like almost kind of like salmon swimming upstream to spawn. Like this is where they come back to die. I'm, I'm, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I do very much. Yes. Okay. Um, so what I thought was cool about that scene in particular is when they're still inside the Purgle traveling to Peridia mm-hmm. is if you, if you go back and watch star Wars throughout the years, whenever a spacecraft itself goes into hyperspace, everything is like these white streaks that come around them. However, from the Purgles, when they travel through hyperspace, you got this real beautiful rainbow streaks that were curving and flowing around them. So I thought that was really cool because it's two different types of travel here. Purgles can do it naturally. Well, I think they do it through the force. Well, they actually do it through a gas that they consume that allows them to do it. It's like a fart. And basically, yeah, I mean, a belt. it's actually a, a particular type of gas that they consume that right. allows them to, to travel this way. But I, I, I kind of feel like it's... Ahsoka going back to the beginning, literally. Yeah, I mean, we don't know yet. We don't know what the setup for Peridia actually. No, they do actually. They consume gas, 
Um, I, I have it in my notes somewhere. I don't remember jet where, fuel. but fuel. it's basically their jet fuel. It's what it's allows jet them. That's jet fuel. That's pretty interesting, though. To travel through hyperspace, and mm-hmm. actually, if you go back and watch Rebels, uh, Ezra's first encounter with Purgles are, is on a planet where they are farming for this gas because this gas is what they use for fuel to go into hyperspace. Yes, Kelvin, they fart through hyperspace. It's like Sprite for them. Yes. So bubbly. So it's kind of cool. Um, I will... It is believed that older generations witness Purgles enter into hyperspace, and that is what you know, gave the original sentient humans the idea to be able to travel through hyperspace. So the more you know. I need a little can, rainbow can with I, a star. The more you know. Can I just say that when they exited the Purgle hyperspace and the Purgles were getting fired upon. Did anybody else have like heart palpitations? Like I'm about to throw something at my TV if one of these Purgles yes. is injured. Yes. No, I did actually. I, I will watch I Human like, no, Style all day. You, you kill an animal, I'm done with you. I ain't, we're not talking anymore. Like, we're, I'm done, we're breaking up. The I'm Purgles done. to me were okay. like the most fascinating thing about <laughs> this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Thank it was you, about Kelvin. them, but they was something about a giant whale squid that I really enjoy. Like, and can we all agree that's the best Star Trek? Star Trek? Yeah. The Star Trek with the whales, the voyage home. I didn't watch that. No, I'm not what? a Trekkie. I'm not a Trekkie, okay? I pick one struggle and I stick with it, and Star Wars is my struggle. See, I'm a nerd ho. I go everywhere. You might want to get I'm, that debt. I got lots of Star Trek under the belt as well. So if you didn't know, there is a Star Trek movie where they have to use whales in order to get home to speak oh, to cool. alien life. Alien life sounds like a humpback whale. Ladies and gentlemen, I have another <laughs> special guest about to join us. What? I do. I'm uh, good like that. Hey, but this time, about, it is no gimmicks. Very own, the best hill manager in the business. He's all walking, talking, encyclopedia of fucking wrestling news and Star Wars. Give it up one time for my main man, Frankie D. Frankie D, ladies and gentlemen. What's up? Looking like Macho Man Randy Savage. Welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So... I just want to come back up here real quick because I know you guys are on episode six now, right? Yep, episode six. Okay, so this is the episode, if I remember correctly, where Ezra and Sabine reunite, right? And it feels so good. Yeah, have you guys gotten to that part yet? No, we were just kind of going through it each episode. We're not really doing breakdowns of each episode. We're just kind of recapping them. Yeah, gotcha. Mm -hmm. So let me say something real quick. I did not like that scene when they reunited. Now, since this show started, as a matter of fact, let's go back to Rebels. Go for it. The entire point of it was 
Ezra, Thrawn, the Purgles take them in hyperspace, they disappear. The entire show is basically, we want to know where Ezra went, we want to find him, right? Sabine yep. is, you know, she's going through the motions, we got to find Ezra, right? So mm-hmm. why is it that when you finally find a guy, there's really no emotion there? There's like... It was very there's... anticlimactic. I, exactly. I get, really I get what you're saying. It was yeah. just kind of like, oh, there you are. Right. It's like Thanks. he's just standing there in the trailer park and <laughs> the turtle trailer the tur- park. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. They're like hermit crabs. They were yeah, awesome. I mean, they were like little Koopas. I mean, they were cool. Don't get me wrong. Just like the Howard, you know, Howard was cool. But yeah, bottom line of it is, is like I would have expected more emotion from that. Like, dude, you're literally up here all depressed and all this shit. And then all of a sudden, this guy is standing here. You said, I-, I need to find him. And you're looking at him on, you know, past, you know, recordings and all this stuff. I'm like, where is the emotion here? I mean, where was where he? Emo- I mean, like, so when Ahsoka saw Anakin in the world between worlds, she turned around like, Anakin. You know, like, she had excitement. She couldn't believe it. You could yeah. see it in her eyes. You could eyes. see it in her eyes. Her eyes spoke volumes. Right. She's like, Anakin. I think a lot of that Absolutely. might have been emotionless because she knew that he, yeah, I'm here, but I have no way really to get you back. And I think that might have been where the lack of <laughs> be master uh, splitter. I don't know about all that. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> say that. Come on, man. Hilarious, Kaylee. But yeah, no, you're right though. If I mean, it's been no, nine, Kaylee, almost no, Kaylee has a Kaylee has a point there because when I look at Ezra. I'm like, damn, dude, are you the second coming or some shit? Like, what can they wrong with you? Dude, he did look like... Jesus Although, Christ. I was disappointed in that, but I did like the fight scenes with Ezra. Whatever reason, he didn't take his lightsaber back. Because it wasn't his anymore. Sabine. He gave it to her. Right. <laughs> but he fought like a badass without a lightsaber. Until he needed that uh, a blaster. You know, (laughs) I gotta, I gotta, I gotta disagree with y'all on this. Go ahead. And this is a hit. This is a thing here. I mean, cut you off. I know this is y'all's thing, but this is. I got to point this out. So, in the Obi Wan Kenobi show, he didn't really use his abilities either. He was broken down and couldn't do shit. Remember that. Is this a formula that Disney's going with now where the, the Jedi are depressed and they're just, they don't have it anymore and then all of a sudden, like, why like why doesn't Ezra use his lightsaber he gave to Sabine? Because it was Sabine. And the fight scenes in this show outside of Hayden coming back and doing his shit with that lightsaber. Just like, I mean, I'm like, damn, is this episode three again? <laughs> he, still got, he still got it. The fight scenes sucked ass. I'm sorry they did. They were Disney fight scenes. Yeah, they were Disney fight scenes, but at the same time, as a Star Wars guy, I will take what they give me. No, well, see, here's the thing. I'll I'll take what they give me too. I'm I'm you know I love the brand, but at the same time, look, look, look lightsabers don't kill you anymore. So she they got, did a, she, yeah. She got, she got stabbed with a lightsaber in a liver or wherever the fuck it went, and she's Back alive. The are real. Hey, look at everything that Boba Fett survived through using a back to tank. Yeah, but 
I'm just saying there's ways to explain the ignorance that happens in the plot holes. There's a way, a Star Wars way to explain it all. I know, and I'm not trying to, I don't want to, you know, be a, have a, like a pity party, but got to point these things out, man, because it, a lot of it's just making sense. I, and I think the whole, like I said, the whole arc of Sabine and she's not excited. I'm like, dude, like this is the guy here that, you know, maybe you had a thing for him or something. I don't know. It's true, Kaylee. We don't talk about the book of Boba Fett. You're damn right we don't because it sucked. The only time that show was good is when Luke Skywalker was on that show. That's it. Say it again. Say it again. No, don't say it again. We don't talk about it. No. When Luke showed up. When Luke showed up. Exactly. And and the the Mandalorians. That was was the best. That was it. I watched that scene. I don't know how many times. Fuck. So good. That's what Luke we deserved. Well, we have Ray now. Yay! Don't make me depressed, and people man. wonder, and, and people wonder why. Like people wonder, you know, and I and I got thoughts with Dave Filoni now. I was putting him over <laughs> the first time I came on the show. But I got thoughts with him now, but Dave Filoni at least knows what sells. He knows what people want, you know. And and I'm sorry, but we don't want your sequel trilogy trash. Which is, this show is leading to that. This this is where this is all going. You yeah. know, it's going to the first order. It, it it has to because yeah. they fucked it up. So they have to they have to fill the plot holes that we got in the last trilogy. Well, I think they even mentioned like having Hayden Christensen as Anakin and the Force Ghost actually tr- creates continuity with back to the um, the original trilogy. Seeing Luke, seeing um, Obi Wan. And then he saw Anakin, and then he saw Yoda's Force Ghost when they traded out the um, the original guy that played An- yes. Anakin or Darth Vader. I don't know if that's what their goal is, is to create some continuity between... It, it is. The, Dave Filoni has said that, or... and it's, <clears throat> it, it's one of those where Disney dug its hole. Now they're trying to fill the dirt in. Well... If I may say, I think J.J. Abrams had a good idea. And then who who's that guy? Rian Johnson? Is that the, se- the the director of the second one who I feel like totally fucked up the one with Ray? And then J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams came in and tried to fix the fuck up that they did on the last trilogy. Because you could have had a great story, but he fucked it up. Yeah, I mean, JJ Abrams came in to try to fix it because honestly, if they could have just made Rey a Skywalker, but he screwed up like you're nobody. I'm like, really? Well, she was actually a Palpatine. That's it. She is the daughter of a clone of Palpatine. Let me let me let me respond to what Kelvin just said there. Yeah, people did trash one one two three, and you know what it was? It's because George Lucas was not. He just he wasn't a director, man. George Lucas created the universe, but if you look at the emotions that they were trying to tell, I mean, the biggest problem with those movies was probably the acting of, yes. of Hayden Christensen at the time. Yes. Under under the guise of George Lucas telling him what to do because you have to feel certain emotions that Anakin Skywalker was going through in order to become Darth Vader. He was too reality, young to feel those emotions at that it, age. Exactly. If I may say, though, it is kind of hard because Jedi are supposed to be kind of stoic. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I, I kind of get the struggle there. I'll throw them a bone. Like, it's kind of hard. Like, you're supposed to be stoic, but you're also supposed, he's supposed to be showing love towards Padme. And oh, the, he made love to her, all right. Well, he's sp supposed to show it. Like, it's not supposed to be like a, you know. He gave her C3PO. Hmm? What? He gave, he gave her C3PO. I mean, yeah, that's but love. That's that's the hard part, I think, is that the Jedi are that that's my point, is that it's hard because the Jedi are supposed to be stoic. Which and is he's so the whole funny thing about you say that is is dependent on the species of the Jedi, they could have wives and children. There were certain members of the Jedi Council that had multiple wives and children. Multiple. Mm. Yeah, it's just because like, of their species. It's just like the United States with the two tier, you know system here like politicians do crimes they don't get charged with them but i do and you do yep same mm -hmm. same thing with the jedi the jedis were kidnappers that's what they were yeah yeah but you know what i think actually ended up doing the trilogy with hayden christensen justice i think it's a lot of the videos that came after mm -hmm. Like um, a, a lot of the the fan videos show that, you know, Anakin had a lot of PTSD from the Clone Wars. He didn't know how to turn it off, yep. and that you know he he did love Padme, and that he you know he was heartbroken, and you know not to sound cheesy, but a lot of the things that he did when he went to the dark side was because he loved her. Well, yeah, he and, he his initial reason to go to the dark side was to try to save exactly. Her. I mean, he was and, manipulated by Palpatine. Yeah. Assiduous, yeah. yeah. He, he was totally manipulated, but for him, like, his reasons why, that's why I think he's probably one of the greatest villains of all time, in my mind, is that, you know, he had the, the reasons why he did it. What Caitlyn said. Yeah, you can't yeah, go... And that's what they're doing right now with the yeah. Mandoverse, is trying to it's fill smart. those holes. It's smart, honestly, to go back and fill holes where people you know came up short or didn't really think about things you can use other places to kind of fill in the holes and i think that's why it kind of builds this this universe where you have to watch because i mean you don't ever get the whole story the first time around have you ever played telephone with somebody you go back and you hear a rumor from somebody else and you end up getting the whole story eventually yeah that's what, it, that's I, what it think like yeah. in my mind i just think that that when it comes down to those original um Six six films and why they're so iconic, and we look back on them fondly. Is that number one, George Lucas produced those movies on his own with his own money. Yeah. He didn't have a multi-billion dollar corporation like Disney producing yep. anything. He made <laughs> yeah. he he did that off of toy sales alone. Is how he was able to produce those movies. And well, they're the the original one, original ones. Yeah, the um the very first one he did, um when he gave the rough cut to um i think it was a producer and the producer went back to the studio and was like hey you have a hit but he needs like sixty thousand more dollars to to square it away yeah and they're like we can't do that you're like you want this and you want to give him this 60 grand or whatever it was and finally they relented and gave him the money to finish the first one and it made that plus everything else within open and weekend. Yeah. Didn't, didn't Steven Spielberg have something to do with that? 
I thought I remember because I know George Lucas and Steven Spielberg are close buddies. I think he did have something. Yeah, I, I think I, he I did. Remember. Yeah, I do remember his name being. It was something on Disney Plus I was watching, but I never mm-hmm. got a chance to finish it. And I believe you're right. He did have something to do with that. I wasn't yeah. sure if he he encouraged him to do it. I think yeah. And then they went on vacation when it like got released. I can't remember what Spielberg was doing at the time, but I think they both their movies went to theater and then like they went on vacation and came back and realized that their movies went good. But I think it was something that Spielberg said to Lucas that had an impact on Star Wars. I can't, right. I have to look that there up. There you guys. go. I don't Caitlin, you said they made a bet. That's it. Yeah. But let me, get, let me ask you guys this question real quick. Since we're on the, the uh, sequel trilogy where this is all leading to. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people didn't like the sequel trilogy, obviously. They're some of the worst films out there. Um, do you think it's too late at this point? Uh, because you have a character in, in Ray that a lot of people just don't don't like the character, but that's a character that they're bringing back. They want to push to build this new, this new Jedi Order they're going to do. I guess she's a damn Skywalker, I guess. Whatever. So, do you think it's too late? I don't think it's ever too late. I think if they allow, as bad as I want, don't want to say this, I'm going to say this. If they give Dave Filoni the reins and the money to do what needs to be done, the trilogy and the upcoming Mandoverse movie that will close out what we're currently getting and the subsequent film of um, that they're going to pick back up with Ray. I think it can be saved. Yeah, because Kylo Ren was, he was a badass character. He was a fucking mm-hmm. emo child. Yeah, I saw a video the other day, it's funny, it was at, I don't know, I think it was I at like Disney emo. World. It was at Disney World, right? And this little this little girl gets on the stage, you, probably, you guys probably seen this video. This little girl gets on the stage, and <laughs> she's supposed to be a jet, supposed to be a Jedi, it's supposed to be Jedi training academy, right? And yeah, Dark I love Ray that video. And she that video was awesome. to the dark side. Like nobody was expecting it. She was just like, Do you you know, do you wish to serve me? Then get upon your knees. And she was like, Yep, okay, cool. And she got on her knees. (laughs) And the 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 guy playing the Mace Windu type character was like, Oh, well then well well shit, let me show you over to the Sith Academy. And (laughs) they were like got her off stage really fast. I'm like, that kid's after my own heart. And that's what I that's the point. Episode three. Cool. So thank the, you, Brian. I think um, Taylor makes a good point: is that like every generation likes a villain for a different reason. Yep. Like me, every time you hear Darth Vader's music, like gives me chills. But the new generation, I guess you would call it Gen Z, loves Kylo Ren. But I, I think part of the appeal he's of emo Kylo child. Ren, he's an emo can, child you can identify with him, you know, like the struggles that he, he goes through. Like, it's not easy being good or, or it ain't dark. easy being cheesy. So you know, I think that's Kaylee why they said, like him. Caitlin said, he'll never admit felonious will be the one to bring you to prominence. Here's the thing about that statement. Filoni was handpicked by George Lucas to carry on star Wars. So you can say you'll never admit it. He's going to be the one to bring it to prominence. But George Lucas entrusted it to him to do just that. 
Do you actually, I mean, here's the bottom line. Do you actually believe that, that Dave Filoni is not going back to George Lucas and Axton Lucas, his opinions of the stuff that they're doing creatively? Dude, I no, guarantee you that you know he is. their own speed dial. That's like, remember back in the day when you had your top five? Filoni's top one is George Lucas. Absolutely. No doubt about it. The, the person that you should be saying that about, Kaylee, you should be saying it's that about Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, that's who you should be talking about, not not Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is the only is the the pretty much the last remnant of the creative of of George Lucas and Lucasfilm. He's the last one there. So that's, to be honest, if there's number. one villain within the Star Wars universe, it's Kennedy. It's Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, USDN said it. How about that? Yeah, and everybody knows that. that. Everybody Why knows she, she knows it because she's the head of Disney creative of Star Wars. She's the president. She's also worked with Steven Spielberg for decades. And she ain't worth the money she's being paid. I will come in and do it for half her price. In a parking spot. She's at, a next to the door. Executive producer, right? No, she's the director of Luke, not Lucas Films, but the Star Wars. Like she's the head. But she of also works with Steven Spielberg as an executive producer. I'm pretty okay. sure. She he, made. I don't know. He just. So Kaylee just said he said what he said, and, and it's about candy as well. Okay. Here's here's a question to to you guys and people that are are viewing this right now. If Dave Filoni is not the person that can bring Star Wars back to prominence, then who is it? There ain't one. I said exactly. It. Exactly. It, it's Filoni or Filoni is the last person. Filoni is the last line. I'm going to tell you why he's the last line. He's the last line because I believe that at some point Disney is going to unload Star Wars on somebody. They're, they're gonna it's going to be George Lucas. They're going to write he's it off. He's going to buy it back. Absolutely. I do see that happening. They're, gonna, they're just going to get rid of it because it, it's, not, it's not profitable for Disney right now. What about John Favreau? So John Favreau was actually fired by Kathleen Kennedy as a producer. Yeah. He still writes with Dave Filoni. So, I mean, there's nothing that says he can't still work on projects with Dave Filoni. Okay. And oh, by the way, he still has characters within the Disney Star Wars universe that he plays. So. And that power to John Favreau. And that could be why a lot of uh, the, the Mandalorian season three wasn't good. Is because you know Favreau wasn't involved. So. Yep. That very well could be it. I mean, I was a fan, but I'm a fan of any time I get new Star Wars. Granted, I'm not a fan of the Disney stuff as much, but at the end of the day, I get new Star Wars and I get giddy as a schoolgirl. Oh, we all do, but it's just like, damn, dude, if, if it's, you know, it's like wrestling. If you give somebody something they can sink them, their, their teeth into, it, you know, we'll watch it, you know, but it's just like, if you're just throwing shit out there, just to throw it out there, just because you have this intellectual property that you're trying to make money off of, you know, we're not going to throw it. Yeah, and that's why that's why with the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. It's yeah. like, we all wanted to see Darth Vader Versus Obi Wan, we wanted to see what happened after Revenge of the Sith. It was it was Ewan McGregor and hit and Hayden Christensen coming back to to do this show, and then all of a sudden they have this side character that comes in here. That how the it fuck would the you show know? To. 
Well, they the literally gave her the fucking show and they wasted did. it. They did. And how the fuck would you know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader? If Darth Vader would have even knew that she knew that information, she would have fucking killed her. And he did, eventually. And, and she survives. But anyways. Yeah. We're way anyways. off topic here, yeah, but... We are. That's what happens when I get involved. That's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't good. have it any other way than to have my <laughs> homie, Frankie D., yeah. Join us. Uh, no studio, but Disney has the budget. No, there's other studios that have the budget. Hmm. We'll see, Caitly. I mean, he he's restricted to what Disney lets him do. And so far, Filoni has managed to bring elements from the extended universe into the Disney universe, which Disney said they would not do. But Filoni found a way to do it. And we got elements from the video games. We got elements from the books. We got elements from the comics. So, I mean, Filoni is doing what he can. Granted, he's mixing universes, which I don't like. But at the same time, I'm getting new Star Wars and I don't really give a shit. Because it's whatever the fuck what you want. want. Filoni knows what people want to see. They, he knows people are, look, Anakin Skywalker is popular as hell now. And it was all because of him. What yeah. he did with Anakin in the Clone Wars. That's why Anakin was. We, we didn't really know anything about Anakin like we did. I mean, yeah, okay, we had. We knew he became. We knew he eventually became Darth Vader. Right, but we didn't know his backstory. The no. way we you know we would find out during the Clone Wars with Ahsoka. So that's all Dave Filoni. Yep. So more power to him. I say get rid of Kathleen Kennedy. Go, Dave. You got this. This is your budget for the year. Crank it out for us, dude. Because I gotta finish the Alkalite is gonna be really good. Skeleton crew, I got a feeling is gonna be good. See, I can't fuck with the Alkalite. I'm a little sketchy on it myself. She, but we'll she see. said stupid shit. Yeah, it was during the Alkalite that she said that stupid fucking comment. But there's no 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 source material. The moment she said there was no source material on Star Wars, yeah, I about flipped my fucking shit. Yeah, she says that the the you know people are just sitting around waiting for George Lucas to come in and like like he's the king of all Star Wars. Like, yeah, bitch, he created the fucking universe, you dumbass. Yeah, but there's no source material. Like, bitch, there's comic books, there's the books, there's the hey, video well, games. Hey, well, you know what? She used to work for for Harvey Weinstein, so there you go. Here's my view: Ooh. Disney, reach out to me. I'll do it for half the price in a parking spot next to the door. <laughs> Just fucking saying. Next to the door. You busted ass knees. Is that why? In my back. In my neck. Uh-huh. I may have my arthritis neck. in my hand. Well, you know what? what? If you get in a back to tank, you'll be fine. <laughs> Dude, I would do anything for a fucking back to tank right now. <laughs> Fuck that. I want one of those machines from, uh, what's that movie called? Um, I don't with know. Matt, with Matt Damon in it. I don't watch none of his movies anymore. Hmm. You're lost. Since since the Born series started sucking, I don't have nothing to do with it. Freaky D, you want to talk about episode seven? What happened in episode seven? I'll tell you. I'm glad you asked. So episode seven is called Dreams and Madness. Yeah. And Harris must answer to the New Republic while a reunion takes place far, far away. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, we return to Coruscant, the galactic capital where the Senate is based. And Hera is to basically stand trial. 
Oh, I remember now. That's when they, okay. Yeah, so once again, the arrogant rebellion, they've been warned about Thrawn's return. Once mm-hmm. again, they don't get it. But here's what's cool about this episode. So Hera is actually put on trial by Senator Zano. But the thing is, Mon Mothma is overseeing the trial as the Chancellor of the New Republic. Right. Um, the Senator, of course, is saying this is all a conspiracy theory. Um, however, I say that Mando Season 3 confirmed that the Imperial Shadow Council awaits Thrawn upon his return. That was a, that's proven. That's in Mandalorian season three. Yeah, I don't trust that dude. <laughs> I, and I said this earlier. He is a cohort to the first order when it comes oh, around. Oh, Guaranteed. fucking that. team. Yeah, I, I guaranteed. I, I don't trust his ass. He's a fucking weasel waiting to happen. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so, I can't wait for that to happen. I also, this episode <laughs> fits his Ahsoka's place in the timeline. When Carson Tiva interrupts Harris Court Martial, mentioning that the Imperial Remnants and Moff Gideon defeat at Mandalore in season three. So it does go back and it self-corrects itself with by Carson Tiva saying those things. And also my favorite part of episode seven, and like this is like no shit. I was as giddy as a schoolgirl, is Anthony Daniels made his return as C-3PO to basically protect Tara's ass with a message from Senator Leia, who, you know, RIP, I know she's up in heaven having the time of her life, but so that was cool. And it basically said that, no, I... Princess Leia or Senator Leia Senator approved Hera's mission. Yes. <clears throat> she approved Hera's mission, which, you know, how could she do that? Well, we find out that Leia is not only a senator, but she's also the leader of the Defense Council of the New Republic. Mm-hmm. So she could do whatever the fuck she wants with her military. She could put them where she wants, move them where she wants. And oh, by the way, at the same time, this is all taking place, Fulcrum. The, the New Republics or the Rebels version of the CIA is still very active as well. And, oh, by the way, Fulcrum is led by Hera and Ahsoka. So, I mean, but it was cool to see C-3PO. Is it? So, if I remember correctly real quick, Episode 6 ended with Thrawn telling the Night Sisters he wanted to use some of their their magic, right? That's what you said, right? Which would lead us into episode seven? Yeah, I believe it was, uh, was it end of six or seven? One of the two. I believe it was six when he found out that uh, Sokotan was alive. He wanted to know everything about her and all that. And it's also when he finds out that Anakin was her master. And this is in this this episode seven. Uh, I think so. Okay. His yeah. face was His face sold everything. And also this episode gave us oh. references to General Grievous, Dooku, Asajj Ventress. We get to see all the cool ho- like the hol- holovids that Anakin made for Ahsoka when uh, she left the Order and he gave her her uh, current 
version of her. Well, no, it wasn't the current version of her sabers because this is a different version. But when he presented her with her sabers as she left the order, the he gave her this really cool intricate box that had her sabers inside. Underneath those sabers was where you see all the holovids. Mm -hmm. And that's the box you see her put back into the cabinet on the fulcrum. So you can guarantee we're going to see more of Hayden Christensen in the future. Oh, and we yeah, did definitely. in episode seven when she's training on the on the ship. Or is it, no, it was episode six. We see her training. But um, now one thing I did, I I listen. Anything Hayden does, I'm a mark for it. You know what I mean? Anything Hayden does, anything Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, I'm I'm all for it. In saying that. Um, I was kind of let down with this episode because I was feeling like this episode was going to lead to something bigger for episode eight. And it did. It didn't. It didn't measure up to that, but it got what it, it got needed to where to it needed done. to go. Yes. Which yeah. I think was the most important thing. I mean, guys, we have skipped over a lot of shit from all the other episodes and we yeah, do that. They sucked. Not, not <laughs> to Frankie D, they sucked. But. I just don't want to do a three-hour or four-hour show. So I yeah. skip over a lot of stuff. Right. But I also want to encourage everybody to go back and watch Ahsoka. Despite what Frankie D is currently saying that it sucks, watch it. Make your no, own certain things. Of it. Listen, here's the thing. I'm not going to say it all sucked. The The most interesting character characters on that show were Sh uh, Shin Hadi and uh, Baylor. Baylor Skull. Those yes. were the two people that I wanted to see the most. I, I love the the whole thing of Dark Jedi, you know, Fallen Jedi. I like that whole story. So that's one thing Disney does right, is they, yes. they tell that story. So I, I enjoyed it. There were certain things that I liked about Ahsoka, and there's a lot of things I didn't like about it. I thought it could have been better, but that's why there's room for improving in Season 2. Yeah, and it's all been but confirmed pretty much at this point. I know I, I've seen a lot of things saying Season 2 is already in the early works. Oh, I think it's probably already written. I think it's written and most of it shot, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Because yeah. there hasn't been a whole lot of talks about, um, um, what's it called? A replacement for Balin yet. Yeah, you know, you're right about that. Like, there's been nothing, you know, like, is it possible they're going to recast him or? There's been yeah. no thoughts as of right now yeah. of Balin being replaced. So what right. that leads me to believe is a lot of season two, quite possibly, has already been completed. Hopefully. And he's already died in timeline in the Star Wars universe by the time we start thinking about that. If that yeah. makes sense to anybody at all. Yeah. Because R.I.P. Ray Stevenson, the dude was a... F he fucking executed this role to a T. Yep. It would be really hard to see somebody else step into that role. Because that was him. He he nailed it, like to perfection. I, I think the only person I could see that could possibly do that role, um, you know, and I, it they could probably get him, but I, I don't know. Uh, Russell Crowe. No. Russell Crowe may be about a hundred pounds overweight for that. Oh, is that right? Well, he can get in shape. Yeah, my game. I was I was video. thinking the guy. The police, what's his name? Lib Shriver, the dude that played uh, Sabretooth. 
Oh, yeah, he'd be good. Because, I mean, throw a beard on him. He's already got the haircut, already got the accent. I think he could pull it. That's just me. I seen a fan cast of him in the role, and it was pretty fucking spot on. But that's just me, in my opinions, if they're going to recast, which I'm hoping a lot of season two may already be done. So we'll see what comes from that here. More Probably more sooner than later, because I'm pretty sure they want to get through this timeline to get to Filoni's movie. Oh, and by the way, I will say this real quick about the Acolyte. So there was some leaked footage of the Acolyte. I have to say, I actually liked what I saw. You saw it today, didn't you? No, I saw it like two weeks ago. Okay. I seen another one today, and it was yeah. like, like, all right, yeah. I see what you're it, doing. It, yeah, it, it was like a pretty, it was like it's going to be pretty good. I'm just not over what the woman said. Correct. Yeah. So let, let's press, because we're almost eight. So... See, Morgan gives the Grand Admiral access to the Inquisitor database, and that's when Thrawn learns that Anakin is Ahsoka's master, and that's what gave us a shit ton of memes. And it is fucking awesome. That was hilarious. His face is like, The moment he's like, Anakin Skywalker was her master? So I will put it like this. On two occasions, Thrawn worked with Anakin. One time as Anakin, the second time he worked with Anakin was him as Lord Vader. Lord Vader. Yep. And he knew that Anakin was Vader. Yes. So he knew all that. Yep. Um, I think uh, Anakin helped him achieve being the Grand Admiral. There was a couple was of battles the, I think that Anakin helped him with. Yes, it was yeah. Anakin got him to the rank. The The mission they did together is ultimately what got Thrawn the rank of Grand Admiral. Right. Anakin helped him, except for, was it the last battle? It was him as Darth Vader, I think. that got that. I can't remember the battle's name, but I think it was the last one that helped him receive Grand Admiral, but I think it was him as Vader. Yes, I think so. I'd have to go okay. back and look again. Um, so in this episode, we also find out where Zeb has been. Zeb has been training new recruits for the Republic, which is why we never seen Zeb. Last time we seen Zeb was in Mandalorian Season 3 at the bar. <laughs> um, also, we see Sabine telling um, Ezra what's been going on with, within the New Republic. She says the Empire was defeated at Endor, but that was not true. It actually continued for another year and ended at the Battle of Jakku, according to Chuck Winded's novel, or Winded's Aftermath trilogy, which me and, I wish Rob was here, me and him had a, a chat about that today for briefly. Um, see, what else can we see here? Oh, she also mentioned that... She also mentioned this, and this is what I was having a debate about this with someone. So she also mentioned that they say the emperor was killed, but no one knows for sure. That's correct. Yep. And that's where I, when I heard that part, I'm like, oh, for sure, they're going to this first order shit. They're going to do that. They're going to bring power. Yeah, this whole back. thing is the setup to yep. the last trilogy. Yep. 
and I got a feeling Filoni's movie is going to be where the first trilogy comes to full order. Then it would take its place just before the, the last trilogy we got. Then in the next movie after that, we'll pick up where the trilogy ends with Rey at her Jedi Academy. There you can have it, folks. I called it. Quote me on it later. We will. We will hold you accountable, sir. And that's fine. I've been wrong before, but I got a feeling I'm right about this one. Yeah. So uh, we get a really, well, I don't want to say a cool battle, but we see like when Ezra and Sabine are battling the um, the death troopers that they're, or night troopers, whatever they're being called, uh, that he's still very much him old, his old self. He's still very funny when it comes to battle battling or when he gets himself into trouble he's like whoa whoa hey we can talk about this guys and then of course the battle ensues <clears throat> and he did he you could tell he had been practicing a version of his jedi training even though he wasn't using his um his saber and he refused to take it and and it's a version of um the force where they use the actual force itself without the saber. I can't remember what it's called. I wish Rob was here, but Rob ended up having family plans tonight. So he can't give me the word I'm looking for. So with that being said, anything for uh, episode seven, anything yeah, else? Yeah, I, I just real quick. I was like, man, this is going to be good. You know, this is, this is going to lead to what's the big episode eight and all the, the room. I don't know. Listen, Let's just go into episode eight because I got something I want to ask you guys about that I had heard. Because I, I mean, episode seven just was like okay. Ugh. It was episode seven should have been like episode two or three. To be honest, I think it should have been like episode six because uh, hey, five needed to take place. You know what? Who's to say that they didn't uh, change some stuff around? I got a feeling, possibly. Yeah. Some stuff. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure there's some footage out there that we need to see. Yeah, because I I remember hearing there's, about there's holes. Yeah, there definitely is because I I remember hearing that there was supposed to be something where Ahsoka was supposed to go through the world between worlds and go through a door, and there was supposed to be a battle going on between Obi Wan and Anakin on Musafar, and they had supposedly had filmed that, and then I guess they got out and they cut it. Hmm. So I don't know. So let's let's do this. Let's jump into what everybody's here for, and that's part eight. And we're gonna hit our recap. Well, not just a recap. We're gonna go a little bit more in depth on part eight: the Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord. The heroes race to prevent Grand Admiral Thrawn's escape. The big three takeaways from this: uh, this finale references uh, C.S. Lewis's *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe* in the title highlighting similar similar themes of war and unlikely heroes. We see the Blade of Talzin, a.k.a. Mother Talzin, return. And um, this is one of those weapons in Star Wars that rivals the saber, the lightsaber. And it is wielded by Morgan Elsbeth in live action, which was really fucking cool. We get a lot of dark energy, isn't it? It is. Dark magic, yes. Uh, and we get various callbacks from to episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, including Master Yoda's teachings and a scene where Sabine mimics Luke Skywalker in a perilous situation. So let's rock and roll with it. So 
Thrawn references the Rebels finale, i.e. when he and Ezra were sucked away by the Purgles to Peridia. And I think they ended up in Peridia because that's where what I would call the, the Purgle home universe. That's where they're born. That's where they die. Agreed. Like salmon. Just like salmon. 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 So we got the Blade of Mother Talzin, which was really fucking cool to see in real life. Quick question. Yes, EJ. Why is he is a brilliant tactician and planner? We didn't get to see that really within Ahsoka because it really wasn't necessary. He, he did, did have it a, the whole time. He he we we seen what we've seen on a smaller scale compared to what he is used to doing. True, this is a like, guy that conquered the entire known galaxy at one point. True. But you can and, see he was one step ahead of them the whole time. He predicted every move that they did. His return would be devastating right now because there is doubt within the Republic. And it would give the old Republic, the Imperials, new life and new energy. Which it, it's going to happen. And we know it happens because we get the First Order in the new trilogy. So we know that the... New Republic repeated history, essentially. But good question, EJ. They didn't learn a lesson. That's correct. They did not. Mm -mm. But 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 the thing with Thrawn too is that Thrawn really wasn't Thrawn. I mean, they they said okay, the heir to the Empire. Thrawn didn't really care about the Empire like that. Thrawn cared about his the people. Chiss. the yeah. Chiss and his, the Chiss people. That's yeah. all he ever cared about. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't in there like like Palpatine. And, and 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 the rest of these uh, and the rest of these people, he wasn't. It, it was a different thing for him. Yeah, he was, and, and he was an excellent strategist. But we did not see that in this no. show. But if you do want to see that, well, you can't really see it. But if you well, want to read about it, yeah. you can go read the trilogy book series, uh, "Heir to the Empire." It is really good, from what I've heard. I actually have it downloaded. I just haven't had a chance to get to reading it yet. Yeah, that and is on my to read list. And I'll make a suggestion real quick too. So, he, so Snoke is a puppet. Snoke is not real. Let's get that out there. Snoke is nothing. That is a clone of Palpatine that was scarred and messed up. That's why he looks the way he does. It is a bad clone of Palpatine. Ah, okay. I think, if I remember right. Either way, he's being controlled by Palpatine. He looks like Voldemort. Makes it makes very you know, makes sense. Check, but but check this out real quick when you go on back to the book. So there is a you guys probably know this already. There's a service called Audible, yes, where you can listen to books. And I and I've been listening lately to uh, Dark World: The Rise and Fall of Darth Vader. Um, you can listen to the Thrawn book. Mm -hmm. Listen to the whole whole damn thing. If you don't have time to read, you can listen to it like when you're working or whatever. You know, and and, and learn the backstory because because Thrawn is a very very smart person and, and it just they didn't have enough time so that's another thing with this when it comes down to this series this series was only it was only eight episodes which is it typical been, it should have been longer yes should have been way longer and then it's like what what were the episodes like what 43 minutes tops i so, think the longest one was 52 minutes yeah so at about like, 43 yeah so that means i mean 
we'll get to all that. We'll get no, to so there's get to no reason stuff. to be because cloning isn't perfected yet. Like they cannot clone the force to into a clone. Right. So that's the problem. That's what they're trying to do is figure out how they get the force into a clone. And that's why we see Palpatine the way he is in the trilogy. So, but there is a way to do it. And it's written within the Sith uh, teachings. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows what we get? So, let's move on into this. So, we see Caleb Dooms, who is a.k.a. Kanan Jarrus. He went by Doom, Doom A, however you want to say his last name, when he was in the Jedi Order. And, um... Ezra's new lightsaber pays homage to him. And it also, he makes an inside joke about, because in Rebels, the lightsabers were really thin. And he's like, no, no, that won't be, it will make it too thin. So he, he does make a joke about that. And that's why he ended up with Kanan's old hilt. Not hit old hilt, but his old um, emitter. That, he's like, no, 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 that won't work. It's too thin. It's, it won't be, it'll be too light. And that's just the joke caused Rebels, the cartoon, the, the actual sabers were very thin looking. That's <laughs> maybe I was the only person that thought that was funny, but whatever. Oh, uh, they, we get references to the Purge of Mandalore as being part of Operation Cinder. We do see zombie death troopers, which is a callback from the comic book, and really cool. Uh, I already mentioned uh, references to the Empire Strikes Back. Um, Thrawn does call Ahsoka a Ronin, which she's been called many things. Can can I point something out about the Dark Sisters magic and then the zombie yes, death troopers? Yes, you may. Is it follows the classic Disney bad equals green light? Yes, it does. If you ever follow like the any sort of like bad guy if you go to like a lime uh, green equals bad run yeah yep maleficent look at yep. the, the evil witch the frog. like they yep. do the the green is bad i'm like i see what you're doing i see you yep see you. It, it follows the disney trope <laughs> so thrawn actually mentions anakin and their history in this episode which was cool Moray and the Mortis guys. Uh, we see Moray at the end. And like I said, anytime Moray shows up for Ahsoka, that means she's on the right path, basically, and she's doing something that she should be doing. And it's like she said, we're where we need to be, and Ezra is where is he right. needs to be. So, see, it's pretty cool because, you know, we see Ezra make it onto the ship, and there's that dead uh, night trooper there. Or Death Troop, or whatever they're calling them, and um, we see him like like grab his legs and start pulling him off to the side, and that's a callback to Rebels as well because him and Kanan Jarrus both did that in Rebels many of times to sneak into places. So I thought that was cool that that's how he with himself was going to pull this off once he got on board the Chimera, which the Chimera is the name of Grand Admiral Thrawn's ship. That he custom designed himself. Like the Empire was like, hey, dude, here is your battleship. It's yours, dude. 
like when you look underneath his ship, you can see the Star Wars universe's version of the Chimera. Um, of course, it's held together by Dark Sister Magic. Um, it's better than super glue. Apparently. It's like the Gorilla Glue shit. I mean, they, in this one case, they used, um, what's it called? Um, uh, I have it in here somewhere. Kitsuge. Which is the ancient Japanese version of putting broken stuff back together with gold. Hey, where I come from, if you can't duck it, fuck it. All right. Duct tape fits is everything. So let's continue some more Easter eggs. Oh, we get the Force Ghost of Anakin. And did y'all know what he was wearing when we seen the Force Ghost of Anakin at the end of this? What, what was he wearing, sir? His master robes. He was wearing Jedi master robes. So he was indeed redeemed. Well, more importantly, I think he found his balance. That's another thing. Death. Yeah, we saw that in episode five. five. Yep. Yeah. He could he control found... that shit now. Yeah. He found and then balance. We see the Mortis gods at the end as well. Yep. So. I'm not sure why we see the Mortis guys here on Peridia. Uh, I'm not sure why they are now saying Peridia is the home planet of the Night Sisters, which should be Dathomir. How are they connected? I mean, there's a lot of holes and a lot of questions. Now, what is Balin? What was calling to Balin was never answered. Why is Balin there at that particular location on the mountain that looks like? A carving of the the father. I think the son is calling. So this is where oh I don't want to do right now. Let's open that up. I got Frankie here. I got Jen. If you're in chat, what are your thoughts on on this? What are we about to see in Ahsoka season two? When we get it, what do y'all think we're gonna get? I, I think Balin's looking for the Mortis. You can't look for the Mortis gods. They're dead. I think they, he's... they live within the force. They're not. They don't. Dead. They do not. They're dead. They are dead. Dead. Okay. They are I... buried. You're, you're talking Done. about the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I, I I think that uh, which well, he has a point there. I think that it's like True. fucking. It's like Gotham. Yeah. You know, they'll be they'll die. be alive next week. Yeah. Exactly. You're probably right. <laughs> um, so. I believe that Balin is trying to find the world between worlds, is what I think. And I think he's going to enter the world between worlds, and he said that he's going to stop, pretty much stop this cycle. And I think the only way to stop this cycle is to go back and make sure it doesn't happen to begin with. I think... So, he, wait, he, elaborate he a little bit more. So, in the world between worlds, it's pretty much, you know, it's it's every... Everything that's ever happened in Star Wars. Right. And you can actually go back and alter shit. So who's to say that he's not going to try to go back and alter something to make sure it doesn't happen? Oh. And he, he has mentioned that he wants to bring balance to the Force to put an end to the Jedi-Sith wars. So that's you have to go... Because it's an endless cycle of good and evil. He wants to put an end to that. And if you do that, then... Because if we're going to the First Order... Then you have to resurrect characters that have passed away in that trilogy. 
Kylo Ren dies. Leia dies. You have to bring them back somehow, right? But this hasn't happened yet. The trilogy has not happened yet within Ahsoka. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I know that, but you know. I think it's, I, I believe honestly, it, it's a, the son, the probably, the, the, the son of Morris is, is calling, but it's leading right. to, it's leading to the world between worlds, the actual world between worlds. I, I think that's what's going on here. I can get behind that. So the Knights of Ren were actually the guys who saved Palpatine and Vader from the Jedi. And then Kylo took over the Knights of Ren because he killed their leader. That's how we got that. So the Knights of Ren wasn't even associated with Kylo in the beginning. Little backstory there. So it would make sense that Balin is being called by either the son or, or whomever. It makes more sense to the maybe the son or the father because I almost feel like his Padawan may be eventually being called by the son because to me Ahsoka represents the daughter. Obviously because the daughter's essence probably lives within her. So I think it's probably going to get otherworldly in the second season, I think. Jeff's opinion. I think Anakin might actually at this point represent the father. That yeah, I could do that too. I could get behind that too because even though he didn't fulfill that in life, maybe he once he finally found the balance, he could represent. Okay, him okay let me hit this real quick. EJ, Force Ghost, First Order is not a thing yet. This Ahsoka takes place before the current trilogy with uh, Kylo and all those guys. This is what's leading to the first order and we know the bad guys win but obviously because we have the first order in the new trilogy right and that's what i'm getting with the world between worlds that this that timeline and all that there we all know somehow ahsoka and sabine are they're going to make it back to the galaxy we but don't know that they're not in the trilogy we don't but neither we, one of them are, are we going to get the same trilogy we had before I mean, yeah, that but, trilogy is already in stone. It's been shot. Yeah, but, you know, they can always do one of those things where they can go back and they can always have Ahsoka and Sabim doing something in the background to help them. They're they've done that. Peridia. They've That's done where that. They're in at. Their movies. Yeah, but, when the, but time doesn't pass the same as in the world between worlds. They've, they've shown that. Eric, That's you're correct. Why. Ezra is not in the trilogy either. Neither is Hera. Neither is Jason Sindula. So what happens to them? Jeff's theory is they're all dead. They well, die in the return of Grand Admiral Thrawn in the fight. That's my theory. And Balin is not seeking to the Mortis gods. He is trying to become the balance. So he is trying to become the father. It's very weird here. I mean... If you want yeah. to dig and dig deep, there is a uh, entity known as the Mother. Abolith. Abolith. So I mean, we can dig into that, but let's not do that. Let's let I don't think go out and read. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I'm just because that's the the route you're talking leads to that. Because they could they could actually almost venture into the point that maybe Abilith is calling Balin 
and wanting to be released. Because she's still imprisoned. That's true, but I just, I don't know. I just think for a live action, that's really far-fetched. Yeah, and getting that Disney to sign off on that is another one. Yeah. So I somehow think Balin is trying to become the balance in the force, i.e. the father. How he intends to do that, got no clue, unless he can get somehow get to the world between worlds and take Anakin's place within that timeline. Um, so we don't know. Who knows? Um, Anakin's force ghost showing up when it did. Moray showing up when it, he did or it did. Uh, we don't know. And there's a lot of different directions they can take this. So it's going to be a very interesting season two and what Dave Filoni gives us. Um, so we'll see. I mean, really. Yeah. That's it's where very, we're at in it. Yeah. So it maybe very... we know we got at least two more shows coming, yeah. possibly later this year, early next year with the Skeleton Crew and the Acolyte. So we'll see the if they have clues crew. within there. Well, that's what I was going to say with the skeleton crew. So the, the skeleton crew mm-hmm. is supposed to have something. Uh, Ahsoka is going to be on that show. They're going to intertwine somehow. Mm-hmm. So that's what I that's what I've been you know hearing lately that they're going to cross paths. They actually might find Ahsoka and Sabine. That's going to be yeah. the way they get off. Hmm. Quite possibly. Yeah. I dig it. So so we'll see. I mean, I. I'm personally just looking forward to more new Star Wars, but that's Absolutely. me as a fan. Absolutely, um, good Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, quality. Yeah, quality. Yeah, would be preferred, <laughs> but at the same I get, time, I, I get you. You're you're a mark like me. I get you, but yeah, we got it. We we you know, it's quality over quantity. You can put out as many Star Wars projects as you want to. But at the same time, like let, let's make sure it's good Star Wars because then we're gonna still be well, here. In, in the same situation where we're going to be like, oh, this sucks, that sucks, this sucks, that sucks. Well, Frank, I hear you. I think the the problem is, is I agree with Jeff. Like, I always appreciate when they make something that I like. But the problem is, is that when you don't listen to your fans and you don't follow storylines and you don't follow the source materials that you have, which I've said over and over, you ruin it for the fans. Yeah, definitely. You really do. Average casual fan isn't going to know anything about the books or the comic books. They're only going to know what is presented to them in television movie format. Yeah, but you lose you lose you your do. nerds. No, you, you lose you, them. To some degree. I mean No, when you're, you have... you are going to piss them off. That is what absolutely destroyed the X. What would you rather have? Grant. Be pissed off or pissed on? I mean, Look, I, 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 I can't watch I it, but with, if you don't follow the story, I agree with both arguments here. But at the end of the day, guess what? You're listen. the The goal here for Star Wars, I know for Disney, is, is to make money off the property and, and to sell mm-hmm. toys and all that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're we're the old we're, so we're the, the old school old guard. Okay, but they need to attract. The, the newer audience that's going to keep they the do. franchise going. And they also have to dig themselves out of their current hole with the new exactly. trilogy. And exactly. that's what D- Dave Filoni is attempted to do right now is dig them yeah. out of the fucking hole. 
I don't even want to talk about fucking X Men or the DCEU. Yeah, that, that's they, right that's there. two of the most garbage fucking franchises they've got out right now. Yeah, and to be fair to Marvel, their last set of movies weren't fucking worth a damn either. No, they got problems over at Disney. Like they, Star Wars is not the only issue going on right now at Disney. It's yeah. just a whole damn. I mean, they had to close. What was that hotel that they have for Star Wars? That uh. Yeah. What was it? They had to close that because it was built around the first order. No one gives a shit about. Correct. People said if you go to that, if if I go there, listen, somebody did a show. I forgot where I saw it. It was on YouTube, though. And they went there and they thought they were going to meet Darth Vader and all his different characters. They they thought that they were going to go there and and it was not the classic legacy Star Wars characters. And it, it pissed them off. Yep. It was like it goes back to what Jan said. What the people want. The people love the legacy characters. That's what that's what it is. And people can say what they want to. Listen, Star Wars is the Skywalker saga. That's what it is. And yeah. there's other stories out there in Star Wars. There's other shit out there. But what sells? Skywalker saga. This is the Skywalker characters is what sells. And and you can look on, on Hasbro and see that for yourself. And it, it, it sucks when they create a movie like when the, the last star wars trilogy that came out like you heard like oh luke's gonna be in it and leia's gonna be in it and but they were brought in later to and, and you know fits like it. i enjoyed it for what it was but you know i was disappointed because it's not what the fans like yes the lay person could go in and be like oh yeah that was a great movie and the rest of us are just like what did you do? Like you had Mark Hamill. You know, you had Carrie Fisher. Like you had the OGs. Here's the thing. There's so many better. Like just you had it right there. I won't what? watch a DC movie. DC can produce a great TV show. But their movies are fucking trash. Marvel. If they would follow the fucking comic book, their books would be a hundred times. Their movies would be a hundred times fucking better. I enjoyed the Flash. I haven't seen it yet. Is it out on TV yet? It's on the Max. Okay, I'll catch it on the Max later. I'll add it to the list. Congrats, Flash! You just made my fucking list. Um, it it was okay. I didn't hate it, but it didn't really follow the Flashpoint paradox, which I thought that it was. Going it was supposed to, to be. That's it, what it pissed me off. That's why I protested it. And yeah. things that were different, but it wasn't. If terrible. you tease a storyline such as the Flashpoint paradox, and then it goes in the completely opposite direction of what you intended to, I'm going to flush you down the toilet. Plain and fucking simple. Hey, that's what they did with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And again, I, I mean, I enjoyed it because it's Star Wars and it gave me something new to watch. But at the same time, you literally had a comic book based on that entire timeline of Obi-Wan and his adventures and his battles with Anakin, not Anakin, but with Darth Vader. Because Darth Vader hunted that dude tooth and fucking nail. Between Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, and Darth Vader, they killed probably 95% of the fucking Inquisitors themselves. And to be honest, Darth Vader killed 90% of those. It was a family thing. 
Yeah, I guess so. But then we also have things like Mara Jade, who, oh, by the way, was a Sith, who went to the Jedi, who, oh, by the way, fought Luke on multiple occasions. And oh, guess what? They got married and had fucking babies. There's lots of things we can do here. But yeah, we have chosen to write something that didn't even have a comic book, that didn't even have a fucking book, and they just magically pulled out of their own fucking asses to meet this new age bullshit that we're preaching these days. It just, it just said, Eric says it right here. It borrowed and ruined the material if you know the real stories. Correct. If you're expecting um, a certain story, I don't need it word for word. Now, one thing that um, just an example, Sandman on Netflix actually had Sand- Sandman on Netflix is word for word the comic book. Yes. You can People open the comic book and follow it. it word for word. Yes. Now, although I greatly appreciate that, but but you know why that is. Follow the story. No, my, my point is, even if you follow the story, I don't care if you have things that are a little bit different, but if you follow the main theme of the story, your your fans, your people that truly truly love these characters and love these stories, are, are are going to tune in and keep watching. And and instead, they they change them so much that they're a shadow of their former selves, and you're not gonna want to like watch the second and third seasons. And that's when they die off. So the reason why the Sandman is so good, Neil Gaiman had been approached many occasions. We want to do this. We want to do this. He's like, okay, but I come with it. It's my story. The story happens as I tell the story. And everybody's like, no, you sell it to us. We do it the way we want to do it. And he's flat out refused until Netflix approached him and goes, hey, we want to do this. What do we have to do? And, you know, Gaiman's like, I come with it. I tell my stories the way my stories are intended to be told. Netflix goes, okay, how much is it going to take? And they're good, and that's how we got what we got. And you could literally pull the comic book out because I did. I pulled the comic book off my shelf, and I followed uh, that show word for word, episode by episode, and fucking loved the Sandman. It's one of my favorite DC comic books, by the way. So there's that. There's my fucking soapbox. Uh, Return of the Jedi, where is Han, Leia, Luke now? Uh, they're all dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. Sucks, but they're dead. Lando, dead. Old age. So, Although we are getting a Mando show. The Mandalorian, we're getting Mando, we're getting a Lando movie now. It's no longer going to be a TV show. It was pitched... Uh, I don't know. What's What's the... So, Frank, overall, overall, what was your idea, your impression? How did you feel about Ahsoka? Overall, I thought that Ahsoka just it, it set up things to come. I mean, it, it, honestly, it was a bit underwhelming. Okay. And I'm a I'm a fan of 
the character. I'm a fan of Ahsoka Tano. I'm a I'm a fan of it, but it was just it was very it was very underwhelming. Um, yeah. I just there could have been so much more that could have been done. Like they are alive and, right now, EJ. You had me on such a high with episode yeah. five with, with, Dude, with Anakin and all that, and then right. it's like I was let down with episode six, and then when he says, you know, Dark Sisters, I need to brawl some of your your dark magic. I'm thinking, okay, is he gonna? Bring it back, you know, to, to mess with Ahsoka Tano. If she arrives, she's going to bring it back. Like, she just had this wonderful thing with Anakin and her, you know, finishing her training and all that. Is he going to bring her, is he going to do something where she's comes face-to-face with Darth Vader or an evil right. version of Anakin Skywalker or something to, to, to mess with her? Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of stuff didn't happen, you know what I mean? So that, that kind of, I'm like, well, you know, whatever. So if you want to put it down on the bottom line, a scale of 1 to 10 where I put Ahsoka, I'm going to say... It's like a seven, honestly. Okay. With, room, can... with a lot of room to improve. Okay. I, I can stand behind that. What about yeah. you, Jen? I'm the same. Um, I I enjoyed it. It had a slow start to it, but I'm with Frank, man. That fifth episode just had me hooked. I could probably watch that over and over just like that last episode of Boba Fett just seeing Luke on that ship and just kicking ass um it's it's definitely up there in like some of the most like memorable cinematic moments but um I'm 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 going to stick with it when they come out with season 2 I'd really like to see like what direction that they go see if they listen to us as as fans maybe make some tweaks and improvements and everything. So hopefully they do. I mean, I think they listened when, you know, they brought um, Hayden Christensen back. So yeah, I'm with you on that, bud. Yep. I will go with y'all on that. I give it a seven, strong seven and a half. And it's more because, hey, Toby, ladies and gentlemen, it's not a USDM podcast without a visit from a pet. And this is Toby. (laughs) My big ass cat, and I don't want to look at his butthole, but yeah, strong seven and a half. Um, there's a, a lots of different ways they could be taking this show, so it we'll see. Um, I'm excited for it to be honest, but yeah. I get excited for any and all new Star Wars, and I, I wasn't always able to say that. I actually stopped watching it when uh, I was introduced to Jar Jar Beans. I thought Jar Jar Binks was the worst fucking character ever invented. And I quit watching Star Wars. I recently, within the last year, got back into it hardcore. And realized I had no reason really to hate Jar Jar Binks. I had a reason to hate fucking writers. Exactly. And that, and, and I'm so glad that that guy was able to redeem himself. As Absolutely. As and, and, and in the best way fucking possible. The dude amazing. literally saved Grogu. Exactly. Of all yeah. the younglings he saved. He was able to save Grogu. Yeah. I'd love to Ooh. see him again. That was amazing. I, we are. I got a feeling like the, he he I said so. in an interview that this is not the last time you see me. I hope we see him again. He and he so, really deserved that redemption. He really he did. did and he got it. And he, he goes to all the conventions and stuff. He he's dying stuff for Jar Jar Beans. And honestly, after watching Clone Wars, Jar Jar grew on me, man. Like he's a goofy bastard, but the dude grew on me. Isn't yeah. he a Sith Lord? I still think that some <laughs> bitch is a Sith Lord, though. God damn, do I not. But let me say this real quick. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, 
we're all fans, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we're, and we're up here on this platform right now, and we're, we're talking about the Ahsoka show, and we're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we're just basically talking about, we're, we're critiquing this stuff, but we're having fun with it. We're talking about what we like and what we don't like. There are certain shows out there, certain people on YouTube, I'm not naming names, but certain people out there that just want to fucking bury something, just to bury it. Yeah, and just, dude... Just, and I don't like I don't like that shit. I will not participate. I'm gonna in tell you right now. I have unfollowed a lot of shit I used to follow on YouTube and Facebook yeah. and Instagram because of the bashing. Yeah, yeah. There's no fucking reason. Give your opinion, right? Because like assholes, we all have one. Yep. But it's another thing to sit there and bury the people involved exactly. in the shows. Yep. Rosario yeah. did a fantastic job. Ray Stevenson, uh, the young lady that played young Ahsoka. All these people did fantastic jobs. Don't blame shitty writing on people carrying out their roles. That's how they make their money. That's how they make their living. Yep. Uh, so. Oh, young Ahsoka. Yeah. I, my God. Yeah. Ariana Greenblatt, I think she, is her name. And when you talk about, because she, she mentioned lately um, uh, that she talked to Hayden about doing a live action Clone Wars. And Dave Filoni's already said that he is pitching it right now. Yeah. He's had it ready for quite a while. And, and if they do it the way I think they will, we won't get the Clone Wars from the cartoon. We will get the Clone Wars that was not in the in the cartoon. Like we'll yeah. get the stuff that we didn't get to see. Yeah, Hayden definitely said he would he would do it. Oh he's down. Yeah. He's I like bring it, it. Yeah. all day like yeah. without a doubt so as we say you know so basically at the, at the end of the day listen you can like the show you don't like the show but don't bury the fucking talent on the show because that's that, just uh, to get clicks and views it's yeah. fucking stupid to me you know what i mean and i'm, I'm, and I'm i won't participate in any shit like that yeah it's not no. it's not necessary it really isn't yep. i agree and toby does too yeah, yeah. that's it's almost like um a personal attack like you don't need a personal attack them i mean look can... what it did to the the guy that played young anakin yeah it, it yeah. completely destroyed that kid's life and sent him down a hole that he never really got a chance to dig himself out of yeah jake jake lloyd the anakin skywalker no one talks about yep. and he never he never acted again no yeah. he also went to jail and got hooked on drugs and everything else in between so, so with all the sad news and the doom and gloom we just did, here's what's coming up on USDN. We have a new episode of The Queens coming out. Jen, when is that? Uh, in November. November. Sometime in November. Um, I will say this for USDN. USDN is going to be reformatted, repackaged, and brought back to life as a new entity. Much like all our favorite sci-fi shows, everything gets a reboot. I am and we are doing a reboot. Uh, we aren't necessarily going to be abandoning the franchises, but we are. They will be revisited kind of in a different way. Um, I don't want to give too much away. Because I am going to... I say I... I mean, we, USDN, we are going to be bringing you something not seen in the podcast world per se, 
But if you're a fan of the old 80s shows, you're going to love it. I, I promise you that. Um, but keep an eye out. It'll probably be November when we get that out. I'm working with Kately. I'm going to be working with Kately and a few other people to um, get some stuff mixed into that. Um, I will say this. We did apply for a couple of conventions. We did not get it. Get into those, but that's cool. It gives me another goal for next year or later this year. Whenever I find the need or one that I can apply for, I'm going to apply for it. All they can do is tell me no, and the more you tell me no... Well, guess what? The more I'm more likely going to keep doing what I'm doing and keep applying. So, there's a quick update on USDN and the Queens. With that, though, I want to send a special thank you to Frankie D for stopping in and joining us. Um, thank you so much. We appreciate having you on here, buddy. A very special shout out to the Dark Lord himself, Dark Vader. <laughs> um, please don't choke me again. Yeah, that asshole's running here somewhere. That motherfucker, man. Yeah. I'm glad he's not here right now to hear me say that. <laughs> um, big shout no, out. Fun. It was fun. I, I enjoy coming up here. It's, it's very fun. Hey, I, I, I'm it's glad. Fun. Like it, it was kind of like I asked him to do it. So let I'll put it out there. We've been going back and forth for a while now. We're I'm building a Cal Kestis cosplay. He's been working on his Darth Vader for a little bit, and we we we. We're always sending stuff back and forth like, hey, did you see this one? Hey, did you see that? And I was like, did you know it'd be cool if you came on the show as Darth Vader? And he was like, ah, man. Ah. And then finally today, he was he relented and was like, all right, dude, I'll fucking do it. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is how we're going to execute this, dude. And we, we went through it. We, we got a game plan together and we executed it flawlessly. Thank you. I got, I'm good acting. And he, he's been working really hard on his Darth Vader voice and it, it turned out fantastic. So Frankie D, I appreciate you, man. Uh, no problem. I enjoy doing it. Um, 18th of November, according to today, she had to go. She loves us. We love you too, Tay. Um, so shout out to DFPN. For everything, for giving us the platform. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, that like button, that follow button, please go do so. Uh, this episode will be up on Spotify either later this week or next week. Stay tuned to the DFPN page and also the USDN page for more stuff coming up from USDN and the Queens. And don't forget the uh, No Gimmicks podcast as well. Wednesday, all's next show, Frankie D. Um, I have no idea right now. Um, so we'll we'll get something together. We'll probably just go back to regular uh, next week. But there is something else I'm working on right now. So we were doing a segment on our show called Back in the Day. One of my favorite where, segments. Which where we, uh, you know, take a look back at classic wrestling stuff. Well, Back in the Day might actually end up becoming its own show on the DFPN where we're just going to take a certain, you know, pay-per-view or something or a show like Nitro or Raw and we're going to watch that show, you know, and do like a watch along kind of thing and uh, that's nice. funny shit. There. Yeah, so that's like what we're that. working on. So check out the Note Gimmicks podcast also out there uh if you guys want real cool content for real cool people like, you know, us Patreon, DFPN, $3 get you ad free and all that and uh yep. that's pretty much all I got to say. Oh yeah, and uh help 
protect the uh, pet population. I'd be pet spayed or neutered. You know what I'm saying? What he said. <laughs> and with that, uh, I want to send a big shout out to um, Rob over at BCP Plus for giving me another platform to express myself on. Uh, those guys are doing lots of great things out there. If you got a chance, go stop by the po- Bob Culture Podcast and give those guys a look and a follow. Mine's in the mail, Frankie. Yeah, I told you I'd have it. <laughs> so that's cool that yours got here in time. Yeah. Um, so with that, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is USDN approved. <laughs>